Yo, 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 I want to start off this episode by giving the homie Mario a big shout out, bro. This motherfucker was in my DMs for like a month asking me, yo, bro, let me sponsor an episode of your podcast. I want to sponsor your podcast. Let me get a uh, promote my business. You feel me? Like he was he was he was I gonna lie. He was bugging me a little bit, to be honest with y'all. But I, 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 you know, be, like sometimes he would even join my lives and he'll be like, yo, let me sponsor a podcast and I'll be drunk as fuck or whatever and not even be replying and shit. And that was my mistake, brother. So I want to apologize right off the bat. Finally, um, you know, I, I ended up getting back to him. I was like, hey, bro, you know, I apologize. Let me um, let me cut you a deal. Not only cut you a deal, but let me go ahead and promote your podcast. My my initial goal was to charge him for one commercial and then do, you know, maybe throw in a one for free. And I told him, I was like, I'm going to give you, a, a, you know, I'm going to give you a decent discount. I'll do this episode. Just give me information on what uh, what you want promoted, the details, if you're running any specials, location, just so I can promote the shit out of it. You know, I'm going to show you hella love. And I sent him my Venmo, you know, so he can pay. He ended up sending me not only what I asked for, double that. And then I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to make sure this dude's ad is the best that I can make it. Then the next day, right when I was supposed to record, I was like, hey, man, let me know what you want me to say, what promo you want, because I'm about to record. He ends up telling me, you know what, bro? I don't have a business. He's like, I'm just a regular motherfucker. I just want to support you, what you got going on, the podcast. I love it. You know, your comedy. I love it. And you know what I'm saying? If this helps you in any way, man, I hope that, you know what I'm saying? You you know, I, I, he just showed me love, bro. He sent me money. And um, yeah, man, I, I just want to, nobody really has ever done that, you know, as far as like, just out of the blue, especially not a motherfucker that I don't know, never met before. So this really meant a lot to me. So Mario, if you're listening right now, bro, appreciate your support, man. If you, man, I know you said not to say your last name on here, so I won't say your last name on here, brother. But if any hoes want to fuck him, let me know. I will send you his at. Please fuck this man. He's skinny. He's not fat. You don't got to worry about him being fat. Shout out Mario, bro. Let's get right into this episode, y'all. Yo, 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 what up, what up? Welcome back to the Talk of My Shit podcast with your boy Too Skinny. No guests this week. It's the first episode of the year and the last episode of the year. This was supposed to be recorded last week. I didn't drop last week. I was supposed to record on Monday. You know, we had Monday off because, uh, you know, it was in observance of Christmas Day, which was Sunday. Then, you know, basically that whole fucking week in between Christmas and New Year's doesn't even really fucking count. It's just... I mean, I went to work every day, you know, well, besides Monday, I went to work every day. I was doing shows in between the week as well. But man, like, come on, nobody was really being productive at work. We were all just waiting for the end of the year. Then we were like, all right, I'm going to start fresh for sure, for sure, 2023. And low-key, I had my first day of work today of 2023. Uh, low-key, that shit was smooth. I mean, it was it was real busy, but I was like on top of it. I feel like last year, bro, I feel like last year I fucking really fell off, like, doing my job at work, mostly because... Like, towards the second half of the year, that's when, like, the Instagram and the TikTok started popping off and shit. So I'll find myself spending a lot of time on my phone. Sometimes, most of the time, not even doing anything really that was going to help my career or anything. You know, there's a lot of reading comments, a lot of, like, DMing people back, which, I mean, I feel like that's a goal that I want to still keep on doing. You know, I still want to connect with everybody who follows me and supports me. I want to let them know that, hey, I'm not a fucking, some Hollywood-ass motherfucker. I want to talk to y'all. Tell me where y'all at, what city y'all at. I want y'all to buy tickets to come see me, all that shit. But sometimes when you, you know what I'm saying, I find myself clocking into work at 11 a.m. And then I don't do shit until like 4 p.m. Then the last hour, the last two hours of work, I want to cram everything in. And then I fucking bring stress upon myself and shit. So 
trying to stay off my phone while I'm at work a little bit. I feel like um, one of my goals this year is honestly to stop having a job. It's not not that I want to quit and be a bum, but I just, uh, you know, I think uh, if this comedy shit, you know, keeps going the way the first three or four months are already set up for me of the year, I feel like um, that's my goal, you know, a realistic goal that it seems not too far ahead. Um, and I can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. I want to definitely quit my nine to five. And, uh, and I mean, I'm already working part time. I'm not even working like 40 hours a week or anything like that. But I definitely want to have to, 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 to just not have to go to work anymore because there's no worse feeling than flying into a city, killing a fucking show. Then having to rush back because I got to be at work like a fucking peasant. No, I'm just kidding. Not a peasant, but like a fucking, you feel me? Like, it's like, damn, I, like, I just be at work hungover, sometimes off no sleep, just thinking like, damn, I was killing them last night. Killing them last night in D.C. or killing them last night in Phoenix. And now I'm back here on this computer answering motherfucking phone calls. Fuck that shit, dude. But anyway, my, uh, my boss showed me a lot of love, you know, whenever I need days off, um, I took some time off to go to Phoenix. I took uh, two days off. You know, it wasn't anything crazy, but I was already out of PTO. And my boss still paid me for those days. And then my boss, on top of that, gave me a fat-ass Christmas bonus. Well, I mean, not a fat-ass Christmas bonus. He gave me a nice Christmas bonus. He gave me some extra cash on top of my Costco tequila, you know. If you've been listening to this podcast for the last, you know, ever since I started, I always talk about how that's our work tradition. We We get our favorite liquor in the Costco brand so for me obviously I like tequila they give me the Costco tequila you know and every year I'm like nobody drinks this bullshit but every year somehow I end up fucking drinking it whether it's once we run out of liquor we're like fuck it there goes the Costco tequila pop it open or whatever the case may be actually to be completely honest with you my Costco tequila actually got drank faster this year than any other year because I was actually recording the last podcast that came out right before this which was, I think was episode 173, and I was already a little bit lit, I ain't gonna lie, but um, I was drinking a half a, I told you guys that I poured half a Crown Royal Apple into a cup and splashed it with cranberry juice and basically chugged it before the episode, and I was fucking lit. And then once I drank that, um, and I got done recording the episode, I was still kind of, you feel me, I was still kind of like, I still kind of want to have a little drink or two, and of course, I go into the kitchen, what's looking right at me, the fucking Costco tequila, so we pop it open, I make myself like three, four, five more, nah, probably like three more drinks, I ain't gonna lie, I didn't fucking dome it all, but I think I drank like at least a quarter of it, and then weekend rolled around, I know, that's never our goal to drink, but, like, once we finish drinks, we're like, well, fuck it, there's a little bit of Costco tequila, and I think right now we got about one-fourth of the bottle left, maybe an eighth of the bottle left, and, I mean, it's probably gonna get drunk by the weekend, you feel me, but, anyway, uh, that tequila, yeah, you know, every year is a tradition, but anyway, point is, I was gonna try to get to, my boss has been real good to me, you know, and uh, he's not a person that bullshits, you know, obviously, we know that um, people, employees are replaceable, unfortunately, in America, and, you know, it's a in our capital capitalism or whatever the fuck they call it, you know, they like, no, they, they always say, don't love your job because your job will never love you back. I always understood that from day one. And, um, you know, and he knows that I'm not there to try to make a career and he sees all the progress we've done on social media online. And I mean, you know, he sees the times off I have to take off for shows. So he knows it's coming, you know, so he even threw me a little raise. Like he wants me to stay there as long as possible, you know, but sometimes it's just unrealistic. I mean, like today, First day of the year, I started putting in my PTO for, like, this little tour we're about to do from end of January, basically, all the way through March. And um, 
you know, I mean, just looking at the days, I'm like, wow, some of those weeks, like I come back, work two days, and then I go, go back on the road. Like, I think I think the last week, yeah, because I'm going to be in L.A. from like January 20th, then we're staying there till the 25th in the morning. I fly back the 25th. I can't even make it to work because I don't even come into town till like 1, 2 p.m. And then uh, I would work Thursday, and then on Friday, I'm right back flying to Boston, you know, so... Some of those weeks, it would just make sense to take off the whole week, but I still want to be tuned in. I still got to tap into the office or whatever, but, I mean, I feel like it's already coming. He feels it's coming, so I'm excited for that. You know, I got – that's that's my goal for the year. You know, on top of that, I want to obviously start dropping the podcast on time, but I feel like, you know, if I had to not work, it gives me a lot more time because when you have a job, even if you're only working five, six hours a day, you have to – you still got to be there, you know, and there's no nothing more valuable in this world than time. And once I have more of that time, I'll be able to, again, drop on time, record, you know, like maybe if I don't feel like recording right away when I wake up, you know, two, three, four in the afternoon when I won't be doing shit, even if I do got shows at night, I'll still have time to record, you know, so I hope I can do that for you guys real soon. But anyway, point is, um, um, Christmas was lit, uh, then on New Year's. Oh, on Christmas, what the fuck did I, what the fuck did I get? You know what I was just talking about? I just tweeted this, actually. I was, uh, I, I didn't get to go shopping physically for anybody just because I didn't have fucking too much time, but I did order, like, a few things online that, you know, for my siblings, for my parents and shit, and I just got everything shipped to their house because I was like, you know what, I'm not even going to waste any time in rapid shit, whatever, just, what do you guys want? Pick one thing or whatever, and then I'll send it to you. And that's exactly what I did, and, um... I was now the only thing that sucks about that is that when you buy shit off websites, you know, that you don't really frequent, you got to sometimes create an account or sometimes they give you like a 20% right off, right off the bat. If you give them your email. So obviously, you know me, I'm going I'm to get my little 20% off. So I put in my email. The downside of that is now I got my inbox blowing up with all kinds. I got Kate Spade blowing me up fucking 30 emails a day. How the fuck you think I'm going to spend a hundred and fifty on a bag every single day, bitch. Fuck out of here. That's once a year type of shit. You feel me? But anyway, I got that. I got Crocs blowing me up. I got all kinds of people blowing me up, and they don't be no good important emails and shit. And the the, the worst part about getting those emails is not having to unsubscribe one by one, but it's like the possibility of missing some emails. You know, I had a few emails whether it was, like, brand collabs or, like, interview requests, whatever the fuck it is, I, I, I almost didn't even catch them just because I'm scrolling through fucking what seemed to be hundreds of fucking emails from bullshit companies, you feel me? But anyway, that, what, that that's a little pet peeve that um, that I kind of, uh, I guess, that's my new pet peeve, I guess, you know, I never really even had money to shop before, so that was, uh, <laughs> that's, I guess, rich nigga probably had ass, but, <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, I do want to, Talk about, you know, before we get to talk about me or whatever the fuck, I did want to talk about this NFL game yesterday. Um, again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I watch every single NFL game. I was, I, was, I was a Vikings fan when the Vikings fucking sucked, basically, for the past seven, eight years, ten years, goddamn, ever since Fred, Brett, Brett Favre, ever since after that season, Brett Favre left the Vikings when he went to fucking, I think he ended his career in the Jets, right after he left the Packers, he went to the Vikings, and then I think he might have played there for two years, maybe one even, but... Then he went to the Jets. But anyway, um, 
I was a fucking Vikings fan, fan for the longest, and this season they're fucking making a killing, and I haven't even kept up with them. I, I was kind of keeping an eye on the Bears a little bit. You know, they had Justin Fields on the field, uh, you know, killing shit. You know, he's a very physical quarterback, but even them, they're still the Bears. They're still building, you know, and, I mean, it's just fucking disappointment every fucking week. And uh, But I try to, you know, at, at least at the minimum, I do check, you know, the Ws at the on a Monday, you know, like, oh, who won the games last night? You know, is there any... You know, is there any plays worth watching? You know, usually my Twitter will fucking fill me in pretty quickly, you know. But anyway, uh, if you guys were watching the Bills and and um, Bills and Bengals game yesterday, uh, there was that player. Wow, I fucking can't believe it. Number three, last name Hollum. I, I think it was Dennis Hollum. Devin, let me double check. I can't believe I fucking um, fucked the name up. But anyway, for those of you guys that are not... <laughs> Super huge fans, you know, obviously if you're a fan, if you watch football, even if you didn't watch football, I'm sure you heard of this because, I mean, those news shocked the whole fucking country, the whole world, you know, if you're a football fan. Um, it looks like uh, this dude got hit with a helmet right in his fucking chest, right? And then a few moments, you know, he got up and everything, and a few moments later, he just collapsed on the field. And, you know, obviously football is a very dangerous sport. I, I mean, I remember even playing middle school football. You know, we had people a few times had freak accidents. I had one of my friends who was a lineman. Basically, he was a lineman, dude. He was a fucking lineman. And one of the, he was, I think he was offensive lineman and one of the defensive linemen just, we were scrimmaging. This wasn't even a fucking real game. We were practicing at Cowherd. One of the defensive linemen just kind of fucking ran ran into him and this guy landed on his elbow somehow but his elbow bone was all out of place it looked like his elbow was up by his fucking shoulder some crazy shit bro and then after that i remember there was this guy man i don't remember i don't remember what happened to this kid man this kid his name was nene i, I don't even know if that was his real fucking name obviously that was probably not his real name right but we knew we all knew him as nene nene or whatever the fuck he, he seemed to be like a Latino, Mexican, you know, maybe Puerto Rican. I don't even remember what, what, what he was. I think he only went to our school for like six, seven months. We were playing, um, Cowherd was playing Jefferson. And you, you guys, if you guys went to school between maybe like 2010 to 2014, if you went to the west side, if you went to Jefferson specifically, or if you went to the east side and, and you played against Jefferson, you guys remember that all-star quarterback they used to have at Jefferson. This kid, since he was a fucking sixth grader, was already playing for the eighth grade team. Even when, th when he went to West, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the kid started playing varsity, like starting varsity quarterback as a fucking freshman, which is unheard of. I don't remember this kid's name, but I remember just playing Jefferson. The, every time we played Jefferson, there would be this big-ass motherfucker. And that motherfucker played kicker. He played linebacker. He played quarterback. That motherfucker was on the field the whole fucking game, bro. Anyway, um... This kid, Nene, was a running back, and he ended up, uh, we're playing at Jefferson, and Jefferson didn't even have a fucking real football field. We were just playing by this fucking, by the street over there, bro. And uh, anyway, this kid, Nene, was running fast as shit because he was a fast-ass kid. And, uh, you know, I think he had scored a few points that night already. And then in one of those, in one, in one of those, um, this kid, this big-ass kid from Jefferson, he fucking, like, grabbed him he didn't even tackle him to be honest with you i think he just grabbed him by like the shoulder pads or the shirt and pulled them back and this kid then they tried to put his hand down on the floor to catch himself and his fuck that was the first time i ever seen one of those accidents like because back then that show uh scarred was real real huge on mtv where it would just be a whole bunch of skaters just fucking breaking their arms you know fucking their ball sacks up all kinds of fucked up shit 
it was the first time I ever seen a freak accident like that in person. He tried to put his hand down and his fucking forearm basically just split in half. Like, I remember him getting up and his hand was just fucking swinging, bro. Like, oh my, it was, I, I can still picture it right now. I was like, what the fuck? But anyway, the ambulance came. They took him to the hospital. So what I'm trying to get at is that I am in no way, shape, or form a professional football player or am I a football expert, but I am very familiar with the sport and I've played it before and I know that it can be extremely dangerous. So when you take those, you know, those measures and then put them at a fucking professional level where you're playing against super athletes, these people, some of these guys who are on football teams in the National League are superhuman. I feel like I don't believe in superheroes, but these guys would be the closest thing to them. People that can literally jump, you know, 10 fucking feet high, like off of one little, you know, off no momentum, just from the floor up. You feel me? Like these motherfuckers are crazy. And, um, and, um, you know what I'm saying? You get hit in your fucking chest. What I believe the news was, I, I believe they said that he had stopped breathing on the field. Um, and then, uh, he was in the hospital with like, uh, breathing devices attached to him and like all kinds of medical equipment. Um, I, what, what is, I believe what the news is as of right now is he went into cardiac arrest and, um, and, and you know, now he's in the hospital. I don't know. I don't, I don't think they've released yet if the guy was going to keep playing, you know, or, or if it's going to be a life changing, you know, a life changing moment in his career where he might just, you know, want to leave. I don't know if the. If the organization will let him come back, I don't know if the team will let him come back. Like, I don't know, to be honest, those decisions are not, you know. I mean, I'm sure nobody's thinking about, oh, when am I going to be back on the field? And that's probably what we think, but I feel like with him, like, football is his whole life, you feel me? Football is what, I'm not sure what his financial situation was before, but a lot of these guys, you know, were poor growing up or, or didn't have much growing up, middle class or whatever the fuck you want to call it. But, you know, football changes their life, and now they become the breadwinners in the family, and, and they're the ones that are supporting most of the family, sometimes even the outside family, you know, like aunts, uncles, and shit like that. So I don't know I don't know where his mind is at, but, I mean, obviously we're all happy he's alive, and I hope that he makes it. You know, I hope it's not one of those things where, oh, yeah, it looks like he's getting better, and then out of nowhere it just goes into cardiac arrest again, you know. So it's very a very scary situation. I mean, if you were watching the game live, I mean, the, the players were on the field crying. I mean, the fans were crying. I mean, I can't imagine being the mom. His mom was in the stands at the game watching him and then had to basically get down and get in the ambulance with him. I mean, it's just fucking... I don't have any kids, you know. I don't have any kids, but I know that the love that a parent has for a child is immense. And it's, you know, obviously it's something you can't understand until you have a kid. So then I can't imagine you watching your kid basically get... You stop breathing on the fucking field and, and get rushed into the, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's obviously devastating. So I'm praying for their family, you know, hoping that, um, they have a speedy recovery over there and, uh, sending good energy or whatnot, man. I'm not gonna lie. I don't pray too much. I don't, I'm not gonna lie and say I'm praying, but you know what I'm saying? Sending the good spirits and hope the guy recovers, man. And, uh, we'll see what the decision is on him playing again. You feel me? And, um, you hear a lot of people always complain about, Oh, well, the NFL's gotten too soft. Oh, the NFL, you know, these guys are pussies. Back in my day, woo, woo. But then it's like, you see accidents like this, and you're like, God damn, you know, football is still 100% very dangerous sport. 
You see people like Antonio Brown who are probably fucking suffering from CTE. People like Aaron Hernandez who go and commit murders because a lot of these guys, they can't fucking think right because their brain turns to fucking mush, turns to scrambled eggs because all the fucking hits they take throughout their whole fucking life. And, you know, you think about it, you're playing fucking, you're playing in middle school, then you're playing again in high school, then you're playing in college. And by the time you get to the NFL, you're probably already all fucked up. A lot of these players say that, they almost never were 100% healthy on the field. Always were on painkillers. Always were on some type of substance just to get them through the fucking games, you know. So, I don't know, man. It's it's, it's pretty fucking um, it's pretty fucking crazy, you know. And I guess we'll see if there's any changes made in the game after this, you know. Because this is, I feel like nobody, like we have never seen something like this on national TV. We've seen it in boxing matches, you know, where somebody kind of gets knocked the fuck out. And then you later find out that the person passed away. Sometimes in boxing matches that are not, you know, the huge pay-per-view ones or whatever. But, you know, under underground boxing matches, you know, new, these new guys or whatever that are basically fighting for a chance at, like, actually being one of the big-name guys, one of the pay-per-view guys, so, you know. So, um, yeah, man, it's, it, it, you know, it's very drastic and it's very crazy. But uh, prayers out to the homie and shit, man. And hopefully, uh, hopefully that situation can... Um, you know, can can play out the best that it can, you know, whether he continues his career in the NFL or not. I just, you know, hope that he makes it and, and is able to stay alive, you know, and maybe, I don't know, you know, I don't want to get too deep into that because, again, I'm not a fucking football analyst or a sports analyst or even a huge football fan. You know, I'm a football, football fan, but honestly, I got so much shit. I wish I could keep up with all this shit, man. But anyway, that's one of the big news that's been going around this week as well as um, for the people that, I don't even think I talked about this too much last week, but... For the people that have been keeping up, did you guys, uh, I mean, Idaho, there was an Idaho, University of Idaho, in Idaho, state of Idaho, there was uh, three, or sorry, a, a quadruple murder where there was two or three girls killed and then one of the, and then a, a boy killed. I think that one, I think it was a couple, which is a girl and her man, and then two other girls who got murdered in Idaho. And what happened was that, you know, they lived in like, um, they lived in a college like not on, not on campus but they lived in a college town so they like rented a house and in the house they had like six seven different motherfuckers that lived there so it was kind of like you know when it's just a whole bunch of motherfuckers living together you're not like always paying attention who's coming in and not the house you're kind of just in your space or whatever the fuck on top of that what the news was or what the details were about this specific house was that it was a big party house you know people were in and out and i can i can i can relate to how that may be because i mean even even here at the apartment, you know, sometimes we, I'll have people over and JV will have people over like, and we're fucking, we're only two guys, you know, roommates. So can you imagine having 10 motherfuckers living with you or seven motherfuckers living with you? You know, you never know. Somebody, some bitches, some bitch might be getting some dick at some point. Some motherfucker might be getting some pussy at some point or just friends or whatever the fuck, you know, people are coming in and out of the house, you know, on top of that, if you're a party house, you're a drinking house, it's probably motherfuckers going in and out all fucking day. And, um, point is that, um, the, the, these guys, the, these girls, all, all four of these people had got home from like a party and they basically crashed at the crib. And then the next day, uh, there was a police call made and, uh, they were saying that there was unresponsive people in the house. You know, one of the roommates called or whatever. And when the cops show up, it's a fucking bloodbath. It's like out of the, the, you know, four people dead, so much blood everywhere. The blood was literally leaking out of the fucking cracks of the house. So when you were, if you were outside of the house, you can see the blood pouring down like the cement on the side of the crib, which is pretty fucking, 
that's like some scary movie type of shit, you feel me? But anyway, what the scariest thing of this whole thing was is that this was a small town already. I think it had like 20, 30,000, a population of like 20, 30,000. And on top of that, 11,000 of those people were students of the university. So it's basically a college. It's just a college town, you feel me? So the worst, the worst, worst part too was that these these kids weren't like shot. There wasn't like... They didn't have, like, too much evidence. You know, they hadn't released too much evidence. It looks like they were killed with a knife, you know. And um, they didn't have any fucking suspects. Like, they're, the cops were, the cops were, they're small town cops, you feel me? Like, the worst they had to deal with is p- probably a DUI, you know, probably a fight at a fucking, you know, at a frat house or whatever the fuck. And even then, there's, like, college police and shit like that so i don't know how busy this cop this police department was in idaho but anyway point is that they now they had to solve a fucking quadruple murder with a murderer on the loose and on top of that the economy was tanking because all the students which is basically over half of the fucking town fled back to their houses because they were going to do online classes because i mean think about it you live in a small ass town and four of your classmates are murdered and they don't have any idea who the fuck it is. Not even any leads, not even any, oh, have you seen this person? Nothing, 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 bro. This happened like around November 12th, November 13th. We're, we're almost leading up to, I think they just got this guy like a week ago. So we're literally going on like over a month of the, and then the police wasn't saying shit. You feel me? So the, 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 the citizens and the residents of that town were very fucking upset with the police department for a long time. Cause they're like, Hey, you guys have to update us because I mean, you know, we have, we've got kids that go to that school. We've got family here. We live here. So I don't know. What if I go outside and I'm the next person? Nobody wants to be the next person murdered. You know, you don't know if this guy's a serial killer. You don't know what the fuck is going on. So the, the town really took like a plunge as far as the economy. Nobody was coming outside. People weren't going to work. Businesses were fucking closed. I, I mean, classes were canceled. Classes were moved remote. So it was, it was really uh, nerve wracking for the people that live there, you know, and then, um, uh, just a few, well, I guess a few days ago, a week ago, they caught this guy. His name's Brian. So I don't even know the last name. I, should, I guess I should really write names down before I start this fucking podcast. But anyway, they catch this guy in Pennsylvania, across the country, basically. And, um, they catch this guy. And, and the reason they caught this guy is because, um, there was a, a gas station clerk. And when she heard about the murder, she started doing surveillance because she was basically she basically the gas station was close to the house. She started doing surveillance of like she said she did like hours of surveillance of the day of slash night of, and she she was the one that pointed out a white Elantra, a white Hyundai Elantra, um, which is basically the same car that JV drives. So he was he could have been the murderer, but they they base they basically uh point out this car you know at specific times where they you know between like. Two, four in the morning, where they could, where they thought that this person, um, you know, was, was there at a suspicious time, and they basically pinpointed this Hyundai Elantra. The cops had put out a blast about this Hyundai Elantra, and then after weeks and weeks, when the FBI got involved, they started tracking this fucking car down, you know, through ring cameras, through everything. Point is, they finally were able to track it down all the way to Pennsylvania at this guy's parents' house. They made the arrest. The guy, you know, he, I, I don't think he gave him a fight or anything, but. The thing about this guy is that he's a very, like, this guy was going to school for his PhD, meaning he already had his master's, he had already got his bachelor's, he was already doing teacher assistance for, like, um, a few different, uh, I think, like, uh, I think, like, criminal, 
like crim, crim, like you know, I, I don't know if it was like forensics or whatever, but he was already like in the whole like like criminal justice side of like this whole degree. And then on top of that, this guy had also called into a few, you know, for those people I don't for if you guys are listening to this, you guys probably are a fan of different podcasts as well. Some people like to listen to, I like to listen to comedy podcasts, but some people like to listen to um, like true crime podcast, whether it's unsolved cases, cold cases, just, you know, cases that are interesting. And I, I tried to listen to those and they are very interesting, but they always put me in like a creepy type of mood. Like, I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Like, this is kind of like a, this is kind of like a sad vibe. You feel me? Just listening to a podcast of somebody who got abducted or, you know, I, I like to laugh and bullshit. You feel me? Like, I don't, I don't know, but, but, but I know that y'all love that shit. So anyway, this guy had called into one of those podcasts. I don't know what the name of the podcast is. Again, I probably should write shit down, but he called into this podcast and, you know, I guess there's a section where, you know, the guy takes calls from listeners and the guy he had asked, he said that he, he had people ask him how to get away with murder. So he was calling the podcast and asking that question, like, how would you get away with murder if you did it? And the podcast host was actually, you know, you, you know, he, although he made that type of content, he was pretty, he had his head on fucking straight because he's like, well, whoa, that's kind of a fucked up question. Like, where'd you get that question from, you know? And then Brian, who's the guy who, you know, who's the suspect on these murders, he's like, oh, well, you know, I work with a lot of college students uh, throughout my life and throughout, you know, throughout, you know, recent years. I live in a college town, and I had a f I've had a few of them ask me if they committed murder, how would they get away with it? And uh, he's like, I just thought I'd call in and ask. And the guy was like, fuck that. Like, that's not a normal question. Like, if, if, if you're asking those type of questions or who's ever asking you those type of questions, you should fucking write those names down and report them because that's some other shit. That's probably somebody trying to figure some shit out. And the guy, you know, he's like, no, I think it's just like, um, I think it's just, you know, like a conversation, you know, when you're bored with the guys and, you know, he, anyway, so they kind of brushed it off. And that was the conversation, the call on the podcast, which is later noted that the podcast host actually forwarded that information to the FBI, not knowing that this guy might be the or the killer or whatever, but he, he forwarded the information just because he felt, he even felt the fucking chills down his fucking spine, you feel me? And um, anyway, I'm not saying that led to an arrest or anything, but there was that record there. And the worst, the, the funniest part of this whole thing is that um, this guy... Uh, Brian, he makes his he makes his way across the country with his dad. His dad flew into Idaho, basically, and then they both drive all the way back to the parents' house, which is fucking crazy because you would because you now do you think is that was the dad involved? Did the dad know? The, you know what I'm saying? Like, was the dad trying to help him escape, get away? Because even the parents lived in, like, the fucking mountains of Pennsylvania. They're hillbillies, literally. They're not, like, fucking... It's not like they were living in fucking Washington or some, some or, or, you know, some crazy, you know, big town or whatever. So, yeah, man. It, it, you know, obviously, this is barely... They just barely got this guy, so it's not like... Um, it's not like this is anywhere near over, especially when you're dealing with a guy who has, you know, is basically going to school for his PhD. It, you know, you don't want to go into court and try to get a conviction right away. You want to make sure that you got everything ready and prepared and you don't, you, you, you know, you're not going against somebody who, who, you know, committed a crime, you know, out of anger, left all kinds of evidence. You're dealing with somebody who, 
might have covered his tracks pretty well. I mean, already it took him a month to fucking find this motherfucker. And what I find very interesting is that, anyway, this guy got, when he drove back to Pennsylvania, he got pulled over twice. Got pulled over twice in Indiana, by the way. Shout out Indiana, by the way. I'll talk about that in a bit. But they got pulled over twice in Indiana. You know, I don't know exactly what towns or where. One by the county. Uh, LA, one by Indiana County, which I think it would be like their state troopers, and then one in like a city. I think it was like a city patrol or whatever. But anyway, they get pulled over in Indiana. And what's funny is, or not funny, but what's crazy is they already released the body cam footage of of this guy getting pulled over. And it's very brief, it's very quickly because a Hyundai Elantra is a very low sitting car. If you're a tall cop, you got to bend down to talk to the passenger and to talk to the driver your body cam is going to be fucking facing the floor. So for most of the video, the cam is facing the floor. But there is quick split seconds, which, of course, you know, people on the Internet are pausing every single fucking frame. And there's a frame where as soon as the cop gets up to the window, the the camera is pointing right at Brian, right at his dad. And you can see the guy's hands. He's got a cut on his knuckle and he's got a few other what seem to be bruises on his hands, which is very... Um, which is very common. Like I'm, I've never stabbed anybody to death, but again, I've watched these documentaries, the, the, you know, these, these, these this, uh, all kinds of different, different episodes of 48 Hours and shit. Um, first 48, I mean, not 48 Hours, first 48, and uh, a lot of times, if not eight out of ten times, I don't, you know, these, I'm yelling out fake statistics here, but most times when somebody is killed with a knife, the person who is doing the killing, you you get hurt as well because, I mean, you, you're stabbing somebody, your hands are sweaty, hands are bloody. A lot of times the hand slips from the knife and these people get injured as well. So, I mean, I feel like, you know, that's two and two together. They said that uh, two of the victims that were also murdered had defense wounds on them, as in, like, they, that could have, they could have, you know, if they were scratching this guy, you know, as they were stabbed, they were being stabbed and murdered, you know, they could have his DNA all over under under his uh, under their fingernails, you know, which is all they need. I mean, it's, it's it's a big it's a big thing, you know. Once you put the DNA, if you can put the DNA from him inside that apartment, that's a big W. You feel me? Um, but not only that, but but you know, the only thing with that is like, I, I mean, I'm not. This is not a fucking true crime podcast or anything, but I've seen people get away with that because they're like, oh, well, she had my DNA under her nails because we had a sexual encounter or whatever the fuck, you know then. That shit gets fucking crazy or whatever, because now there's other loopholes or whatever. But anyway, it's fucking crazy, you know. But anyway, um, point is that uh, this guy's finally in custody, and uh, yeah, man, we're gonna have to see this trial unfold, and we'll see if they, you know, I hope it's not like another OJ situation, you know, motherfucker, that motherfucker killed two people and he got away with it. And I mean, I don't, you can say whatever the fuck you want, but you watch any OJ video, any OJ, any, anything like that motherfucker wrote a book called. If I would have done it, or what if I like, like what, nigga, you did it, motherfucker, you did that shit. But anyway, so we'll see how this whole case unfolds and and, and see where that where that leads to. But anyway, I want to give you guys a little bit of a uh, uh, Indiana. By the way, wow, what a beautiful state! I never thought I'd say that in my fucking life. I used to fucking hate Indiana. I used to hate Indiana because I have an aunt who lives in Goshen, Indiana, and it's just fucking. Um, it's just a fucking, like, it's, I thought it was always fucking boring. But I feel like if somebody comes to Aurora, they might say the same thing. So, 
I guess I'm just a fucking hating ass bitch, but we went to uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. I had a show there, which is about it's about three and three and three and three hours and twenty or something like that. And uh, from here, from Aurora, and um, the only thing that uh, you know, I the only thing that fucked us up when we were on our way there was that the fucking hour changes, you know, to Eastern time, an hour forward leaving from here. So I forgot to, I mean, I guess I didn't forget, but I guess I just miscalculated because I knew the hour was going to change, but I fucking miscalculated. So when we fucking left, we were running like, the show was supposed to start at 7.30. Then they told us it actually started at 7. We didn't, our ETA there was like 8.09. So I was like, fuck, dude, we're going to get there hella fucking late. But we had already got a hotel to, st- to stay the night. So I wasn't worried about that. Chins came with us as well. So it was three of us. So we're like, fuck it. It'll, we'll make a night out of it, you know? So we end up getting to Fort Wayne. The fucking show is basically sold out. I mean, they had a few tables in the back back that were empty, but, I mean, there's people in the balcony area. There's people all over the fucking club, and it was a fun-ass show. It, it was a weird... It was a funny show because this show we did in Fort Wayne, um, they made you take jalapeno extract, chile extracts, basically, not jalapeno slices, not habanero slices. We're talking about extract so the most concentrated spice and you know i've done a show before where they made you take like habanero slices and then you got to do your set that is not that bad i've done it before i don't even like spicy food but i've done it before but when they made us take the fucking jalapeno extracts it was fucking horrible dude i just thinking about it right now i'm getting like goosebumps bro i fucking so they had they they wanted me to close out the show so i was like yeah fuck it i'll close it out you know i got a hotel here anyway i'm fucking gonna drink get fucked up whatever so i drank two big ass blue moons like 22 ounce blue moons before i go up there so i'm feeling good i'm not gonna lie i'm feeling confident like i'm i'm like i'm watching this crowd laugh at anything so i'm like oh yeah i'm about to i'm about to fucking murder these white people dude pause no idaho but anyway, I get up on stage, and the first thing they want me to do is take a spoonful. It was like a Duvalin spoon, a spoonful of the first sauce. I take it, and I take it, and I don't really feel too much right away. And they, by the way, I had to fucking sign a waiver to, to do this shit. I take the first spoon. I start doing my jokes. I get, like, my first two jokes out, and they're fucking, they, they fucking smash. People are giving me applause breaks. Like, I'm fucking murdering, dude. Then when I'm about to, like, get into, like, this, you know, like, the rest of my set, I just start feeling this fucking pain in my mouth, bro, like, burning so fucking much. The worst part wasn't the burn. The worst part is now I'm fucking drenched in sweat. Like, I'm sweating. Like, I'm at the fucking sauna, bro. Like, I'm sweating so fucking much. And not not even that. The worst, even worse than that is that I'm having a hard time swallowing because it's so fucking spicy. So now my mouth is filling up with saliva. Like, you know when you go to the dentist and you're laid down there and you can't really swallow because they're working on your mouth or whatever, and then your saliva just starts to fucking bulk up in your mouth? That's why they put in that little straw or whatever that sucks everything up or whatever. Like, that's what I felt like I needed, bro, because I'm just fucking burning up i'm literally trying to get through my set and i'm i'm not fucking up jokes but i'm missing little parts and i'm spitting everywhere there's people in the front row and i'm just fucking spitting on them bro i'm fucking i'm trying to back up because i'm spitting everywhere i'm talking i'm fucking spitting bro and 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 we're gonna be editing a video and putting up a little reel not of any other jokes but just watching me like go from the minute one to like the end of the set and how much I sweated, how red my face got. 
Oh, my, it, was, it was the worst. And then after three minutes in, you take another spoonful of the hotter shit. So then you got a fucking mix of both of those in your fucking mouth. Then, I, then on top of that, right before your set's about to end, you have to take like a toothpick full of the worst one or whatever. Dude, it's like this shit doesn't even stop burning until like an hour after the fucking show's over, bro. But I don't know what I don't know what the fuck I thought I was thinking doing that shit, especially when I don't even like spicy food. But it was so much fun. Like I would not change anything about it. And this is Fort Wayne, Indiana, which is basically like about. I'd probably say a 40-minute drive from Ohio. So it's like all the way in the other side of Indiana. And I had heard great things about that club, so I really wanted to go there. You know, I wanted to tap in with the community, and hopefully I'll be back there soon. But anyway, after the show, they gave us some edibles. You know, we're kicking it, dog. I'm I'm drinking, by because I knew we were going to stay there. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to get fucked up, dude. So I started drinking hella blue moons. I asked the shorty at the... The bartender, I was like, can I get a double shot of Patron? I was like, can I get a tequila shot? She's like, yeah, you want, you want, she's like, you want one or you want me to double it? I was like, you know, I had to double it. So I doubled it. Bro, this girl gave me a un puto vaso lleno, a full cup, a full fucking cup of tequila, bro. I'm like, God damn. At this point, I just got to fucking like sip it because there's no way I'm chugging all that shit. So I, I, I literally took like three, I think three big ass swigs of it, like throughout, you know, throughout my time kicking it there. And I fucking, I got lit, bro. I was feeling good, bro. So then we leave the club. Now, this time it's like 10, 1030. And I'm like, well, fuck. Let's hit a liquor store. Let's go back to the hotel. We'll get fucked up. And then we'll knock the fuck out. Well, I end up calling hella liquor stores in Indiana. They stopped selling fucking alcohol at 8 p.m., you know. It, on a Sunday, they stopped selling alcohol at 8 p.m., which is, by the way, great because... I've been to Indiana when they used to not sell alcohol on a Sunday. They it, it, Like, it literally was illegal. You would go to Walmart, all the liquor sections would be blocked off, lights turned off. Um, the only way you could get liquor in Indiana is if you went to, like, a restaurant or a bar that was going to serve you there. But you can't buy liquor to go home. So it's pretty fucking crazy. I guess it's, like, the religious part of it. I don't know what the fuck it is, right? But anyway... So at this point, we look for a. I, I, I go back inside the comedy club. I'm like, hey, I'm trying to keep the fucking party going. Does anybody know where the fuck I can drink? Where the fuck I can get fucked up at? And they're like, low key, yeah, there's like two bars literally in the same plaza or same parking lot as this right here. And you could, you could go check out, you know, those spots. So I was like, fuck it. I'll go, I'll go to this spot. So we go, you know, we go to like through the parking lot. We go to this spot. It's called, the place was called like Peanuts. Or I think Peanuts was the name of the place. We parked the whip and it looked popping from the outside. I see a lot of cars, you know, so I'm like, oh, he's about to get busting in here. We get off. I get off the car. There's a badass shorty getting out her car and she by herself. She walking in there. I'm like, I'm telling the guys, I'm like, bro, it's about to be some hoes in here. So we we walk in there, right? And uh, as soon as we walk in, it's like, it's like all the hoes that we saw walk in there went into like the Narnia closet because none of them that we seen walk in were in the fucking bar. I was like, where the, is there a fucking secret room here or something? But anyway, walk in and it, it just looks dead, bro. It looks like, it, it, I guess, I don't, I don't even know what to compare it. Maybe like a, the town maybe like uh, O'Malley's type of vibe. Like, it's just, you know, it's a small town bar, but I didn't, I don't see nobody, right? So I'm like, fuck it, you know, we'll drink a pitcher, two pitchers, and then we'll get the fuck out of here, you know, whatever, you know, it is what it is. I'm not going to go further than this because the hotel was fucking five minutes up the street. So we, I ended up, I didn't realize that there, there wasn't a secret room, but there was like another part of the bar where they have pool tables. And, you know, there's a few people playing pool, but there's a table to my right, and I look, and there's about, 
There's about eight motherfuckers sitting there, and they're all bean ass motherfuckers, brown motherfuckers, Latinos, Mexicans. So I'm like, oh shit. I'm like, what's up? They're like, what's up? I was like, dude, where the like? I was like, are y'all Mexican or what? They're like, yeah, hell yeah. I was like, well, what the fuck? I've been looking for Mexicans. Like, I was like, I'm a comedian. I just did a show here, you know. I've been trying to, I'm trying to get fucked up. I'm trying to find out where the hoes at. And this fucking dry, I'm, I'm like, this fucking dry ass town. Everybody at the bars looking at me and shit. I'm already talking loud as hell at that point. I'm already lit, and um, and they end up uh. They like, oh no, yeah, man, what's up? So they're they're real cool with me, you know. They're fucking around with each other. They're already a little bit lit. I'm like, well, fuck it. What are y'all drinking? And they're like, oh, well, we're drinking Miller Lite. I'm like, bet I'm gonna buy y'all a pitcher. So I go to the bar, you know. I get two pitchers. I get one for the the guys, you know, my people, and I get one for them. I take them a pitcher, and then we go sit down at our table. And the guys, they right away, they're like, no, 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 come sit right here with us. Like, let's fucking kick it, whatever. Woo-woo. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. So we go to the other tables. We sit with them, and we start. We start drinking, bro, and, and you know, I start, at first we start to get to know each other. I'm like, what do you guys do? And I ain't gonna lie, I thought these little, they were just like little cuz, like, working at factories. I don't know, right? I just, I guess I fucking labeled them, you know? I guess I was being a racist, bro. But I, I started asking them, like, one of them, he owns a construction business. The other one was a realtor. The other one was, he was actually visiting from Ciudad Mexico. Like, he's got dual citizenship. He was visiting his parents his parents lived in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and his ass lived in Mexico City. He said he just liked it better over there. But, I mean, whatever, you know, economy's probably busting over there. Not like here, you gotta pay, fucking pay $8 for a dozen eggs and shit. But anyway, so the girl that I had seen walking into that bar was right there with him. So we all start chopping it up. You know, I start, you know, I, you know, I get drunk. So I start pulling out my Instagram. I'm like, yeah, bro, follow me. Woo, woo. So they start checking out my shit. They're like, oh, shit. Like, you're fucking funny. And then one of them sees, like, one of my reels. And he's like, oh, shit. I seen your shit on TikTok before, bro. I seen it. So he, rec- like, he didn't recognize me right away. But once he saw my shit, he realized that, you know, I had popped up on his FYP at some point. So they were like, they were like hella fucking with me. And they were like, you know, it was just like a lunch table vibe, bro. Like they were roasting each other. And I was just listening, you know, because I didn't want to get in there because I'm like, bro, I don't even know these kids. I might say some, I might take it too far for them, you know. But then they're trying to like, I think I, at one point I got too lit. I instigated and I know they hit me with the, I know your ass ain't laughing. And they started getting me. So when they start getting me, I'm like, oh, I'm game. You feel me? Like I... I do this shit professionally, dude. Like, so at that point, I started getting them, bro. And, like, these kids were, they were super dope. I don't know if you guys might listen to this shit. If you guys, I mean, they they all follow me on IG now, but I'm not sure if they'll keep up with the podcast. But if you guys listen to this, I fuck with y'all. They're, but they were all, like, um, they were all, like, Andrew Tate fans. I told them, I was like, you guys, y'all motherfuckers are a walking TikTok comment. I was like, y'all the motherfuckers that be... You know, anti-woman and, and woo-woo. But, but anyway, uh, like, that's who they were. You know, they were like, I don't know. You know that, 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 I, I got that vibe from them. But they were still cool as fuck. I'm not judging them or nothing. You feel me? Like, they were cool. But anyway, so we started um, definitely, definitely little Trumpers. You feel me? Like, Mexican, the Mexican Trumpers. You know, motherfuckers come out here, get papers, get money. And all of a sudden, they not Mexican. But, but I started getting them, like, and, like, this one dude in front of me, he was like, bro, I got a big-ass ego. You got to roast me, bro, because my ego is so fucking big. Bro, this motherfucker had the biggest underbite I ever seen in my life, bro. Motherfucker looked like the Mexican bubblegum shrimp, bro, on God. I was like, brother, it looked like a fucking bee stung your bottom lip. How the fuck your jaw? Like, bro, 
I was I was getting on his ass, bro. Then his homeboy, I was getting all them boys. I, I ain't gonna lie, bro. It it was like at that point, I, it was it was me versus them. But you know, it, it, you feel me? Like it's it's different. But anyway, um, we had so much fun, bro. We kept buying pictures of fucking alcohol, pictures of beer. I was drinking Blue Moon. Then Blue Moon picture was ten dollars, which I mean, out here you get a fucking Blue Moon tall for like eight, almost nine dollars. You feel me? So I was fucking. Plurgeon. I was like, hell yeah, bro. Cheap ass fucking beer. I got some wings, you know. Like we're we're fucking having a great fucking time, bro. I, at one point, you know, one of the guys they were with, there he was like, he was like, well, I, you know, I kept the uh, we, we were playing corridos and shit. You feel me? And then um, I, I I I don't I don't know if I signal off like what's up, where it at, soccer or whatever, or if he just kind of asked me. At one point, he asked me, he's like, hey, bro, you want a bump, boy? Do I? Do I, motherfucker? What you think I'm out here doing a four-way fucking around, bro? Give me that shit. So anyway, we go <laughs> we go to the bathroom. We kick it into the bathroom, bro. Like, I never felt more at home in my life, you feel me? I fuck with Fort Wayne. Shout out to Fort Wayne. And I know some of y'all thinking like, damn, bro, you just be putting everything in your body. That could be fentanyl. Fentanyl don't stand a chance. Nigga. No, I'm just kidding. I feel like this is going to knock on wood. Knock on wood. <laughs> knock on Fuck all that bullshit. I'm fucking around, God. I'm fucking around. Anyway, I'm not going to talk about drugs no more. That's going to be for the Patreon only, but that was it. I had to put that one in there because this should have been last last week's episode. But anyway, um, it was so fucking lit. From there, we end up leaving. I go to another comedian's house who, who he actually booked me for the show. He's still drinking with his homies on the porch in Indiana. So now I'm kicking it with like four white motherfuckers on the porch and we're fucking around, bro. At this point, it's like 2.30 in the morning. From there, we're like, you know what? Fuck it, bro. It's time to call it. We go back to the hotel. We get to the fucking hotel in Fort Wayne, bro. We get out the car. We're all, at this point, I'm fucking faded. I'm not going to say the guys were drunk because they didn't really drink like that. But I'm fucking gone. You know, I, be, I was on live on the way home. I'm fucking, you know, we're in it. I get to the hotel, and I got this I got this room at the Hyatt Place because the Hyatt Place is, like, right in the middle. It's not... A higher place is like a three-star hotel. It's not a four-star. It's not definitely not a five-star, but it's not a two-star or one-star either. It's a three-star hotel. They, it's decent, you feel me? Like, the bed's going to be kind of comfortable. It's ain't not going to be as dirty as, like, a Super 8 or as dirty as a Red Roof, but it's not going to be as nice as, like, a Holiday Inn or as a Four Seasons, you feel me? But So I got and, – and I, and I tried the first higher place I ever had was uh, the one in D.C. You know, I got one with a decent view. So I was like, fuck it, you feel me? I, I'll get one like, – I think I think the high it was I think it was like a hundred bucks for the night. It wasn't it crazy, you feel me? And it came with like the the like the lounge area, not the lounge area, but like a little a little sofa table area, and it had two different beds. So I was like, "Fuck it, we can kick it right here." So we get to the motherfucking hotel, bro. I ain't never been to a hotel where the motherfucking doors don't open because the hotel's supposed to be twenty four seven. Usually it's be twenty four seven. It don't matter what. Hotel you go to, you go to Super A, you go to the worst hotel, you go to the motherfucking hotel right there on Galena, where, on Galena, uh, on Galena over there by, uh, by the motherfucking, uh, Family Dollar and shit, I think it's a Dollar General now, you know what I'm, hey, y'all know what I'm talking about, if you're from Aurora, you know what the fuck I'm talking about, them hotels you can get by the hour, you feel me, like, you ain't nobody getting a hotel for an hour to sleep, you feel me, those, them type of hotels, and I bet you can walk in the fucking front lobby or office and somebody's gonna fucking greet you. I get to this fucking place, you know, after I paid, after everything, these, these motherfucking doors not opening. The first, because you know it'd be two doors, right? Two doors that open automatically. So the first two doors opened up, but then the second doors that actually let you in are not opening up. So now I'm fucking salty, and I'm like, what the fuck? And um, 
And I'm drunk, so so anyway, the guys like they're like fuck this. So I'm knocking, I'm calling, I'm knocking, I'm calling. I can fucking see the phone ring. You feel me? I can hear that motherfucker. So the guys are like fuck this shit. We're going back to the car. They go back to the car. I'm like fuck that, dude. I keep banging on the fucking window, on the glass, on the door. I'm I'm calling still, you know, on some drunk shit. You feel me, bro? I swear to God, I got so fucking desperate at this point. Cause I'm like, dude, I'm not going back to the fucking car. Like, I'm here. I pay for this shit. I fucking grab the door like a motherfucking, uh, like some, I don't even know what you want to call me, bro. I fucking put my fingers in between the door and I fucking busted them bitches open, bro. I literally on some motherfucking hawk shit, on some hawk shit, you feel me? On some drug shit might as well. On some drunk Mexican shit. Where your drug makes you get that get home and beat the fuck out of everybody type shit. <laughs> I fucking open this. I open those doors, bro. And then the lady finally comes around the corner. I don't, it looked like she was eating something, maybe. I don't know what she was doing. She's like, oh, how can I help you? Bitch, I'm fucking... What do you mean, how can you help me? I, I, I don't... I take pride in treating retail workers, service industry workers... Great, you know, I tip well when I can, and if I don't, I don't go out to eat. But I'm always tipping good, even if I don't got the money. I'll look at JV, I'll be like, hey, bro, let me hold 10, I'll send it to you right now. I'm gonna tip this person, and I got you. You feel me? Like, I'm gonna make sure I take care of the motherfucker, especially if you earned it, you know. And but, but this, like, I was mad, bro. I was like, bro, I'm gonna be fucking calling you 30 minutes, 20 minutes. I'm banging on the fucking glass, and you're not gonna fucking open. What's the point of having 20? What's the point of you working? You feel me? And now I'm not trying here to talk shit about, like, I obviously regretted it. You know, she could have been up there handling an emergency or some shit. I don't know. But anyway, point is that when she, when, when finally, when I got the door open, I'm like, what the fuck y'all doing? Y'all ain't here fucking around? Like, I ain't gonna lie, bro. That's the worst I think I've ever treated somebody. But, even then, I was still nice to her. I was still nice. Like, I even bought cookies and shit at the at the fucking register. I was like, yeah, let me get that. You feel me? And then we ended up going to the hotel room. Finally, we were able to knock the fuck out. And then, uh, you know, we came, we went home the next day. But Fort Wayne was a fucking movie, bro. And anyway, I want to give a shout out to somebody. And I can't, I can't give you... I can't give you the proper shout out because I don't want you to get fucking fired from your job, but I kind of did this a little bit backwards. I should have talked about this first and then talked about the fucking Fort Wayne shit because it happened the day after. But on New Year's Eve, bro, um, I I didn't really have too many plans. You know, I I wasn't sure if I was going to go to my parents' house because usually when I go to my parents' house, I'm, I'm only drinking with like maybe my dad, maybe my sister. But, you know, New Year's, my sister's still young, so she was probably going to go out. Like, she said she wasn't sure if she wanted to go out yet or if she was going to stay home. So I was like, well, if you're going to go out, you know, my dad's probably not going to want to drink with me by ourselves. So they're probably going to knock out early. I was like, I'm not going to be home. You know, I'd rather fucking go out with somebody else or, or pop out. You know, I thought JV was going to be with his parents and shit, so I was like, fuck it. Um, but, but at the end of the day, my sister ends up telling me, like, nah, fuck it. I'm not going to go out, you know. Our cousin from uh, anywhere, our cousin's going to come, you know, and, and my aunt's going to come, so... Let's fucking drink at the crib. I'm like, all right, fuck it, let's do that. So, me and JV end up hitting. Uh, we end up we end up hitting. Uh, we're, 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 we're you know we're picking up some shit so I don't show up fucking empty handed, and we were gonna go to La Chiquita, uh, on on Ashland and uh, Union, but instead we since we were in the neighborhood, JV's like, well, fuck it, the Walgreens is uh is closer, you know, and I'm not gonna say what Walgreens it was. I think I already fucking said too much. Fuck. But anyway, um, there was a Walgreens right there, and uh, we pull into the fucking Walgreens, and as soon as I walk into this place, bro, um, I'm I'm wearing sweats, Crocs, 
my champion hoodie that I told you guys I was going to buy. <laughs> and then, like, a hat, you feel me? Like, I'm, I ain't got no haircut, nothing. That's why I didn't feel like going out at all. Like, I just wanted to be, at, like, either at home drinking or at my parents drinking. But I was like, I'm going to drink a little bit because, you know, New Year's, whatever. But I'm going to be somewhere. Anyway, um, I walk into I walk into this place, right? And as soon as I walk in, bro, I hear somebody at the register. They're like, oh, shit, we got a celebrity in the building. So I'm like, what the f-? I look back. I'm like, who? Like, who's in here? I was like, YJ63, okay, be here. Like, what? what's going on, right? And, um, you know, then I realized, like, oh, she's fucking around with me, you know? She, you know? And I walk up to this girl, and I fist bump her. And she's telling the people at that register, it was some bite-sized family, bro. Didn't even probably speak English. She's like, he's a celebrity. You know that, right? He's a celebrity. And the fucking bison's looking at the lady like, can you just please fucking ring me up, goddammit? Like, let me get the fuck out of here. I ended up walking in there, and um, I'm going to the coolers in the back and shit. And there's like there's like three or four paisas right there. You know, they all got their best outfits on of the year. You feel me? The nice Tejanas. Like looking sharp. Got the gold chains out. The black Levi's. Not the faded ones. The brand new ones. With the nice botas. You feel me? They're looking good. Fly paisas. You feel me? I already know they got an eight ball in the pocket. You feel me? Like good type of shit. Like you go to La Sierra and those are the tios. You feel me? Like, yep. And anyway, um... Like, these motherfuckers were so fucking fly, they would I couldn't even get the beer I wanted to get because they were standing next to, they, they were, they literally were going to buy, like, four 12-packs, and they stacked them up, and they're all taking pictures next to their little Bodelo Tower and shit. I'm like, bro, get the fuck out of the way. I'm trying to get these blue moons to get the fuck out of here. They didn't even have blue moons. I had to buy Stella, so I got, st- I don't even know why I'm complaining because this story is about to make sense in a bit. I get, I get, I get a 12-pack of Stella's. I get a 12-pack of Cokes, and um, then I get a fucking bottle of Casamigos, right? I put all that shit on the fucking counter, and then there's a fucking 12-pack of Sprites right there as well. And I'm like, are these for sale? Or? I, I go up to the register where the girl who, who who fist bumped me was at, you know, so I was, I, I, you know, I wanted to chop it up with her or whatever. I, didn't, I, I personally don't know this person. I don't think we had met before. If we have, I, if you listen to this and you, we've met before, I apologize. I just, you know, at that point, I didn't recognize her, right? So... I, I had the sprites, so now I got sprites, I got cokes, I got fucking uh, yeah, bottle of Casamigos, I got the twelve pack of Stellas. Like my total should have been a smooth one hundred dollars. You feel me, bro? So she rings me up, I pay with Apple Pay, and uh, she out. She's like, "You want a receipt?" I was like, "Yeah, Loki, can I get a receipt?" Because I couldn't, for some reason, I couldn't see the total on the screen. She gives me the receipt. I look at my receipt, and in my receipt, it looks like she only charged me for like a twelve pack of pop. So I'm like, yo, like, the fuck, like, uh, and you know, old me, I guess, would have been like, I just got this motherfucker, like, they, I'm about to come up, like, ah, uh, she, she goofy as hell, but no, nah, <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to be that person, I was like, bro, especially she showed me love when I walk in, you feel me, like, fuck that, I was like, hey, I think there's a mistake made, like, I think, um, you know, there's, there's some stuff you didn't ring me up for, and she's like, she just looks at me with a straight face, she's like, don't worry about it. As in, like, bro, stop being a bitch. Get the fuck out of here, you feel me? And I'm looking at her, I'm like, for real? She's like, yeah, you're good. So I was, at that point, you feel me? I've been in her position before. Trust me, I've done these hookups before, bro. And I I, I didn't want to, you feel me? I wasn't going to make a fucking scene. I was like, but I'm out of here, smooth out of there, boy. I got I, I, I carried all my shit together. I, 
carried all that shit. I was like, I'm not coming back in the store. I'm carrying all this shit with me in one trip. And I walked into the fucking whip. Caught a blessing. The first, trans- or I guess the last transaction of 2022 was a fucking blessing. About all that shit for fucking, for nothing, basically. And the worst part was, we didn't even get to kill the Casamigos bottle. We didn't even open that bitch. We fucking got so fucked up with all the other bottles we already had. JV bought the fucking... Garrafon of Patron, I don't know why the fuck, big ass, dumb ass bottle, and all these other bottles, like, we fucking, we, we literally got faded, and, um, and it was a fun fucking time, but anyway, I'm not gonna say where you worked at, even though I already fucking dropped the name, I'm not gonna say the location, there's fucking hundreds of them all over the Chicago area, so, it could be anyone, I was talking about the one in Chicago, and, uh, yeah, man, if you listen to this podcast, you fucking came through, I went home, I told my whole family about it, I was like, this is probably the coolest shit, I've ever been through, thought it was a blessing, but I will say this, though, if you're listening to this shit right now, please, I'm not sure if you've ever only hooked me up, or if you do this for your people and shit, I'm sure if you did it for me that you don't know me, you probably done it for somebody else who, you you know, your homies or whatever the fuck, stop doing that shit, I'm telling you from the bottom of my heart, I've gotten fired for that shit before, and not only have I got, I, I got fired, when I was working at Starbucks, I got fired because I kept doing that shit. Motherfuckers used to pull up. The whole hood used to pull up to Starbucks. I'm giving everybody frappes, bro. $60 transactions deleted. Giving everybody free shit, bro. Eventually, they had loss prevention come in there. They had me sit down there like, hey, who the fuck are these people in the drive-thru? And why do they come? Why you got these hood-ass tattoos in the face as motherfuckers drinking motherfucking matcha frappes, caramel frappuccinos. These motherfuckers are killers. Fuckers they all doing walking around with hot lattes, caramel brulee lattes at the Christmas. I had the whole hood drinking Starbucks. That's how my mama, bro, got fired. You feel me? I've got it hooked up by bitches. Two different shorties. Shout out these queens, by the way. Shout out these queens, by the way. I got hooked up by this shorty, um... She used to work at JCPenney, bro. <laughs> these, both of these stories are funny as fuck. I've never even told them before, I think. But this girl hooked me up at JCPenney. I remember, I, dude, I was like, I was like, she had the biggest crush on me. Like, I ain't gonna lie. We, I could say her name, but then they're gonna be like, oh, that wasn't a crush. That was a hoe. You feel me? But I'm not gonna say her name. But anyway, she wanted to fuck for a minute. And there was a point where she was working at like JCPenney, I think. And she hooked me up with, like, I went to go, like, back to school shopping. Like, I think it was, like, junior going to senior year. That's when, bro, I bought, like, eight pairs of Levi's. Like, every single fucking color, bro. And she hooked me up. I think I paid, like, $28 for everything, dude. I'm fucking, I'm fucking, uh, like, two weeks later, bro. Like, two weeks later, she fucking, uh, she hits me up. She's like, yo, I'm like, what's up? She's like, I just got out of jail. Um, <laughs> they fucked me up. They locked me up for that shit. <sighs> bro, I ghosted her. I was like, bro, hell no. You're not going to bring me. I'm Because, bro, she, bro, she's like, oh, can you pick me up? Bitch, hell no. That's the law. Like, you think I'm going to pick you up at the station? Bitch, they going to put me in cuffs too. So I did hit her back up. A few years later, bro, a few years later, another friend of mine, another girl. Now, this girl, she was. A friend, she ain't want to fuck me, none of that. I could, I, I'll take her down still though. But I don't think I ever. I'm not gonna let you get the fucking chance. She said, but cool ass chick, bro. Cool ass shorty. We were friends at high school. Whatever. 
I think this was like a year after I graduated high school. She was working at Ross right here on 59, bro. Working at Ross and was it? I'm, it could have been Lake Street. I don't remember. But it, one of the Rosses, right? Working at a Ross here. And I go get like Christmas shit. I don't even remember for who or for what. But I go get like a whole bunch. I go get like three or four toys, bro. And they're decent priced toys. You feel me? Because Ross is already a discount store. So you buying a $60, $70 toy. That bitch is already like used to be 180 at the Walmart or whatever the fuck. You feel me? So I'm getting like big priced items at Ross. And um, at this point, like, I'm a broke motherfucker, but she's like, oh, I'm going to hook you up. Bro, ends up charging me, like, $5, dude. Like, $5 for all this shit, bro. Same fucking thing, bro. I get, like, four missed calls. I wake up for work at 6 a.m. That's when I was working at O'Reilly's at, uh, first shift right here at uh, right here in Naperville. I get, like, six calls, like, four or five missed calls, right? And it's all from, like, this unknown number, right? I call it back because I'm thinking, like, it's an emergency. Like, what, what the fuck going on, right, my... And I called back, and it's her, bro. And she's, like, crying on the phone. I was like, what's up? She's like, hey, um, I just want you to let you know that um, you shouldn't come to Ross for, like, the next few months because I just got fired and I got arrested for hooking you up. And, um, yeah, like, just don't go there because they might want to be looking for you. I was like, bitch, you gave him my name. Like, <laughs> you stay tell me, bitch. I didn't even ask for hookups. You feel me? I just got them. Now they looking for me, bitch. But <laughs> I didn't even. I, 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 I should say your names. I ain't going to lie, but I ain't going to do that to you. But anyway, it was so funny. I was like, all right, I'll make sure to never go back to that fucking Ross. And it was the one on 59. I ain't going to lie. Like, I don't remember. I remember because I was avoiding that bitch. For a bit. I remember one time I was with my mom. She's like, Vamos a la Rosa. I was like, I'm like, yeah, I'll wait for you right here in the car. Fuck around, walk in the Ross and get handcuffed. Think of how fuck I look like stealing from Ross. <laughs> Shout out to you, though. Shout out. <laughs> Hell no, nah, bro. Anyway, Shorty, I appreciate the hookup. You saved my life. <laughs> but don't call me if you get locked up. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Nah, I'm kidding. I'm, I appreciate the hookup, man. I'm not going to say where you work at. Like I said, crazy location. Somewhere in Chicago, Southside. And, um, yeah, man. He fucking hooked me up, man. You, you put a smile on my face. You made my week. And if you listen to this, hit me up. I want to, you know, at least get you some free tickets, some free something for the, you know, I want to hook you up. You feel me? I'm telling you. But if you take any advice from this shit, stop doing that shit because that, they will arrest you. I got, I've been arrested for this shit before. I'm telling you from experience. When I was working, look, I'll tell my story. Since I exposed these two bitches, I'm telling my, not, not, not the girl that hooked me up on New Year's. I'm talking about the other two. Since I'm, since I put those two stories out, I'll put my story out too. Fuck it. I was working at, uh, I think I've told this one before, but I was working at O'Reilly's right here in the warehouse at the one in fucking, right here in Naperville, at the warehouse, not the fucking O'Reilly store or whatever. But by the way, fuck anybody who works at an O'Reilly store. Motherfuckers get a job at a fucking auto part place and think they the shit. Fuck you, dude. You lame. You got to wear a green button up to work, you fag. Anyway, my bad. Just, I didn't mean to say that word, but, you know, I meant it. But anyway, um... Couldn't motherfuckers listen to this shit at O'Reilly's with the pens in their pocket. <laughs> nah, but I worked at O'Reilly's, bro. Bro, we was finessing stupid shit, bro. I'm talking about, like, licks, alternators. 
<laughs> shit, shit, motherfuckers not supposed rotors and shit. Shit, motherfuckers not supposed to be taking, bro. I'm taking like four random rotors to the crib. I get home, I look up the part numbers. It's all for the same. It's all for the same side of the car. Nah, <laughs> I can't even use. I can't even sell it as a pair. But anyway, um, the the thing they caught us on was uh, we were finessing phone chargers, bro. All the iPhone chargers, we was we was hitting stupid legs, bro. And uh, I mean, bro, like, think about it. Who don't want a charger, bro? We was putting them bitches on Snapchat, like, yo, who want iPhone chargers? Five dollars. Them bitches was like thirty at O'Reilly's. So I'm hitting, bro. I'm making. At this point, I think I was selling weed too. So motherfuckers buying eights at a charger, hitting them for the thirty-five for the eighth. Oh, uh, you, you got forty here. Take a fucking charger, even out. You feel me? Like, I, I'm. We making money off this shit, bro. And then I, they fucking, fuck, dude, the morenitas that I was fucking taking shit with, bro, they fucking snitched on me, bro. They, they took me to the office. They're like, oh, yeah, well, here goes the statement from this person and this person saying that it was you. I was like, wow, y'all some bitches. I felt like, I felt like Young Thug. I felt like Young Thug right now, bro. All his boys are taking the plea deal. Gotta took a plea deal. Everybody snitching on Young Thug, bro. I felt like Young Thug right there, bro. The King Slime. But I was like, fuck it. I took the blame. I was like, fuck it, bro. We even got into a little... I feel like I wouldn't have got arrested if there wasn't... But there was a physical altercation because the fucking manager... Like, the main manager of the warehouse had was already on my ass because I used to, that's when I used to ride around in my Jeep SRT8. So every time I'll clock out, bro, after, after, after slaving away 10 hours at a warehouse and basically being fucking $30,000 in debt for this truck... I will put my key into a Jeep SRTA and peel off like I'm the boss. <laughs> Motherfucker, whole time I'm a fucking slave and I'm fucking and I'm fucking tied down to this fucking crazy car payment that I can't make, bro. I'm like, <laughs> on top of that, I'm finessing, bitch. <laughs> I had the fucking this guy was he he had took me into that fucking meeting room like a week before I got fired, and he's like, hey. Um, we need you to stop peeling off after you get off out of the parking lot because it's real dangerous. And obviously now, as a fucking 26-year-old, I'm like, yeah, you're fucking right. That's extremely dangerous. I hate when, you know, people at my job now or 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 my mom, if I see my mom, you know, uh, or my mom, my mom will sometimes tell me, like, oh, you know, I was buying groceries and I jewel and this motherfucking car almost hit me or whatever. Like, you fucking retard, slow down. But at that point, you know, I'm 21, 22, I'm 21, literally 20, 21 years old, bro. I'm fucking young. I don't give a fuck. So I'm thinking this motherfucker hating on me. This motherfucker hating on me. That's what I'm thinking at that point, bro. And um, that motherfucker, the last thing he told me before he fired me, he was like, I'm going to make sure you can't afford that truck. And lucky, that shit threw, that shit, bro, that shit had me blowing steam, bro. We had a we had a we had loss prevention there. Him, like three other managers, bro. Like the whole warehouse, like supervisor staff was there, bro. I got off and I literally I literally tried to run up on him, bro. Before we even made any contact, everybody had already like fucking put me in the chair and shit. And like I I mean at this point I would say I was probably gonna get arrested anyway because the cops walked in right away. And right away they put me in cuffs and that shit was embarrassing. Out of all the times I peeled off the parking lot of my SRTA going to 80 in the fucking parking lot. This time I was leaving in a fucking penny wagon at five miles an hour, bro, for some fucking iPhone chargers, dude. But anyway, 
Don't steal from your job, dude. You're going to get caught up. <laughs> Stop doing that. Uh, but anyway, I hope y'all have a great year. Uh, I mean, this is 2023. This is the beginning, but we, we are about to, we're about to take this shit on tour, man. We're about to see how this shit goes. Patreon is already about to get started, like, within the next few days. Uh, we already got the first, like, three vlogs done. We're going to be uploading a separate podcast on there where I can actually drop names and drop locations and drop all the juicy shit y'all want to know that I have to sometimes censor on this podcast. Is all gonna drop on that Patreon, so I'm I'm gonna make sure it's affordable. You know, I know nobody wanna be paying nine ninety nine for a motherfucker talking and shit, but we'll make it affordable. And there's obviously gonna be tiers, so if you wanna watch the more content you wanna consume from me, you know, obviously it'll be a little bit more. But again, all will still be affordable, and I mean it'll help me chase my dreams. It'll help me uh, be able to you know compensate the guys that have been helping me for so long with this shit. You know, shout out to JV who's obviously helped me create this platform. From the ground up and uh you know shout out to chins who's obviously always been there by my side and um and yeah man so so we're, we're we got we the wheels rolling on a few different uh on a few different projects so i can't wait for you guys to see that and then uh of course i want to promote um we just locked in a contract for two shows in houston i'll be the headliner at the riot comedy club so if you're listening to this from houston or in the surrounding areas come to the riot comedy club uh, February 10th, we got two shows, one at 7 p.m., one at 9 p.m. Tickets are already going. VIP tables are already moving. So, um, I mean, I, I can't fucking wait. I can't fucking wait. It's going to be fucking busting. You know what? We're going to make this a fucking long episode, as a matter of fact. I, first of all, go get tickets right now. If you're in Houston, go get tickets to the motherfucking, um, to the motherfucking, uh, uh, uh Riot Comedy Club. It's going to be a fucking bang, bro, but... Before you do that, I did a little Q&A on my Instagram, and I had people, not a Q&A, but I had people ask me to, I had people send me questions that they had so I can answer for the end of the year, and I didn't do it last week, so I'm going to just knock it out. You know, I won't make it too long because I know that we're already a little bit over an hour, so I'll go ahead and do it for y'all. And I mean, since this was a late episode, you know, like I guess it'll be like a little double header. But anyway, we're, here we go. So the first question was... Uh, Hey, brother, I'm looking into becoming and getting into comedy. What is the main thing one has to do from El Compa Micho 452? Man, the, the, I'd probably say if you're barely starting to get into comedy, the first thing you want to do before you even start writing jokes, go to an open mic night at your local comedy club, at a local bar. Make sure it's comedy open mic, though. Don't waste your time going to a music open mic or a variety show open mic. Go to a strictly comedy open mic because they'll be more respectful. Like, even the host will tell the people in the crowd, hey, be quiet, stop talking. So you, even if there's eight people there, they will have your full attention. You know, I, now, I'm not going to say you're going to go and murder because these people are most of the time just waiting for their turn to go up. Unless, But unless you're fucking super, super funny, you're probably not going to even make them laugh at all. But go and check that out so you can kind of see what you're working with, you know, because people, people only ever have experience from comedy including myself when they watch it on tv when they watch it on netflix my number one thing would be is go to an open mic don't sign up right away just go watch just go watch so you don't have that nervousness so you don't have that fear of like oh my god i'm going up and then you're not even paying attention to the people do it like i, I did that like three times before i ever even went up i went to just to see and honestly it gave me more confidence because I realized how much people sucked. And I was like, oh, if these motherfuckers are doing this bullshit, I think I could definitely kill. Now, obviously, you know, the first few times are not going to be 
killer or not going to be great. But I'm telling you, it'll boost your confidence, especially especially if you are already a funny motherfucker. I don't know if you're funny or not, dude. But my my thing would my advice would be that go check one out, and then after you check one out, sign up. Right, write a good amount of jokes, bro. Right, don't write because you're supposed to write your five minutes or whatever. Write all the jokes in the fucking world that you can think of, whether they're stories, whether they're one-liners, whether they're just quick, you know, punchline setup bang or whatever, or setup punchline bang. Um, because once one, you don't know how long five minutes on a microphone on a stage is until you're up on that stage. Five minutes when you first start comedy seem like an hour. I, I thought I wrote, I had like three or four pages of notebook, of notebook, uh, actual full notebook pages, front and back full of jokes that I thought was way over five minutes. I went and did my first set. I went through all four pages within the first two minutes, three minutes and didn't get probably one or two laughs you know so write as many as you can and then from there pick the ones that you definitely want to do put them up first and then if you run out of you know if you do them all and you still got some time then start doing some of the other ones you feel me another another little piece of advice i want to tell you memorize them i know it's hard i know you're probably not going to be able to memorize them word for word especially if you got other shit going on in your life nobody gives a shit about a comedian who goes on stage with a notebook I try to tell as many comedians as I can that shit, you know, unless you're already the headliner and people are paying money to come see you specifically and they know you're working on new shit, okay, they might give you the pass on the notebook, but even that, bro, nobody wants to see that shit. Even people that don't know shit about comedy. Because I remember the first time I went to go see Chingo Bling, he had his notebook and I was like, why the, it kind of kills the, it kills the vibe, you feel me? So anyway, do that, bro. I feel like that's the best advice I can give you. And then after that, keep on doing it. Keep on doing it because some motherfuckers have one or two good shows and then they think they could just start skipping steps. No. Do the open mics. Put in the work. It will pay off. Saludos de Sacramento, compa. Puro 916. Shout out to you, homie. And it's the same person. So shout out to you again, brother. How much as... How much has the podcast grown in the last year? I'm not going to lie to you, bro. I can sit here and lie to you and tell you, oh, my God, my plays have tripled and my plays have doubled. They haven't because I haven't, again, I don't really do cross-promotion with my comedy and my stand-up, which I feel like this year I will start doing. But, again, that's why I have to start the Patreon so I can talk about crazier shit on there because sometimes I talk about some real reckless shit on here and I don't want just anybody to have access to listen to it unless they really fuck with me, you know. But um, the podcast has grown. I think the podcast is averaging about probably from what it used to average probably right around eight hundred and ninety to nine hundred dollars nine hundred not dollars but nine hundred listens a week. Right now it's at about twelve to thirteen, depending on how good the episode is. Obviously, I can have a fucking I can have a guest that just kills it and knocks it out the park, which we'll probably do like two, three, and of course these are these are uh, these episode numbers grow as they are up. You know, like. All of my old shit's doing over 3,000 plays, you know. My most recent shit is over 1,200. So these these numbers change, you know. But it hasn't grown too crazy um, ever since everything else has started blowing up. And especially, again, because I don't cross-promote. I focus on the comedy. The comedy is the comedy. And the podcast is the podcast. Honestly, sometimes I forget that people all over the country listen to this podcast. Uh, because, you know, I, I, I keep it very Aurora. I keep it very local to, to the people here. And I tell stories that are mostly based here. But then I got people from L.A. that DM me, where's the podcast? I got people from Sacramento from that are, where's the podcast? People from Houston, people from everywhere. So I do got to, you know, I, it has grown. 
but it hasn't blown up. It's nothing compared to like my stand-up comedy and the Instagram and the TikTok and shit like that. Um, shout out, by the way, um, Manny Rodriguez, who's also been a guest on this podcast multiple times, and you definitely got to come back. Who's some so from Medina underscore twenty seventeen? Who's someone famous you want to catch their attention so y'all can collab? Honestly, brother, uh, I want to say somebody stupid famous because I feel like I'm kind of in my own lane and they're kind of in their own lane. And I feel like I feel like I still got to put in the work and I got to earn to be in those tables. But the people that I've wanted to collab with this year, people like, I mean, Renee Vaca, I told you guys when I DM'd him, I was a fan, you know, and I asked for a spot to perform. Now we're literally going on tour together in the next two weeks. Ralph Barbosa. Uh, who is, again, a big up-and-coming comic from Texas, has been selling out club shows all over the fucking country, literally announced two shows at the Hollywood Improv, sold them out within seconds, and is now doing eight shows, and they're all fucking sold out. I mean, that dude can literally go there and fucking fill up a theater with those numbers. So me and him were actually supposed to do two shows here at Zany's next week, January 11th, uh, I think due to some personal scheduling and reasons. He had a move till March, so I have to wait a little bit more for that collab, but we will be collabing in March. You know, I mean, I don't know about collabing, but we'll be meeting each other and doing shows, but he already fucks with me. He's the one that put me in contact with the people in Houston and is getting me that opportunity down there in Houston, so we are already working, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and are in touch, you feel me? So um, I think that's, I mean, that's, um, that's a pretty, uh, that's, that's one that I fuck with, you know, and of course I got... Um, you know, Felipe Esparza, which was one of the, again, one of the early comics that I used to like when he was on, you know, when his first Netflix special dropped, it was fucking crazy. I went to go see him at the Vic Theater, almost got my ass whooped at the Vic Theater when I went to go see him when I was with Chins, and uh, he DM'd me again. I talked about this a little bit like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, but he DM'd me, said, funny shit, fool, you know, I'm, we're not collabing yet, but, you know, I could see that coming. You know, Dunos is obviously somebody who I... Again, I always get compared to Dunos. There's not there's not ever a clip that I upload on TikTok or Instagram where somebody doesn't comment and tags him, you know. So he and he follows me on Instagram now. So I feel like they, there could be a collab brewing up there. So I, I fuck with the young motherfuckers doing the shit that I'm doing. You feel me? Like I don't want, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you, oh, I want to fucking collab with Jerry Seinfeld or, or fucking David Letterman. No, I no, I don't, I fuck that. You feel me? Like it's is the age of the new motherfuckers. The a new wave is coming of entertainers. Old motherfuckers, you know what I'm saying? They did their thing and they kill the shit, but motherfuckers get old and this shit is is very uh you know, there's a time for everything, bro. People are up and then they're down. You feel me? I there was there was a time when I used to think, wow, Lil Wayne is always gonna be the number one rapper. He's always gonna be the best. He was my favorite, my goat, and he still is, but you know, Lil Wayne is done. I'm not going to fucking listen to a Lil Wayne album if it comes out today, you know. I might get around to it, but I don't even think I've listened to the last two Lil Wayne albums. So, you know, it, it, it's a thing of time, and, and I feel like I'm part of the new wave coming in. And not to be some greedy or anything like that, but it's just real, you feel me? And I, I would love to collab with motherfuckers that's doing the same shit as me and is up and coming as well. So, you know what I'm saying? We get to the top together. Um, Let's see. As a fat fuck myself, wondering if you ever have thoughts of just losing all this weight we got. Shout out to Fern underscore 15. I think I've been talking about this shit for the past, like, three weeks at least in a row. Even if it's not on the podcast, just to myself. Like, damn, I got to lose weight. I got to watch what I'm doing. I got to watch what I'm intaking, whether it's alcohol, drugs, or food. Portion control. I have a huge problem with portion control or even just eating multiple times you know so sometimes i go like today i went all day without fucking eating but then right now i'm hungry as shit it's already about to be 10 p.m 
And um, I, I mean, it's late as fuck. Am I gonna am I gonna eat something? Probably still, yeah. But I want to stop doing that. I want to, you know, I want to work out a little bit more. And I feel like that all comes with what I talked about earlier in the episode. Just kind of um, being able to quit my job, being able to have more time. Because, you know what I'm saying? Like, picture this. Say you got to go to work at 11. You get off at 6. Then you got a, sh- a podcast at 7 to do in Chicago. And then you got a show to do at 8 or two shows to do right after that. I mean, I don't get home sometimes to fucking 12 when I leave the house at 10. And... And on top of that, you want me to squeeze in a workout? You feel me? It does get hard, bro. Now, would I, my, will my life be easier if I squeeze it in? I bet you it would. But, you know, I'm also big as fuck, so I don't always have the energy. But every single day I think of that. And also with that is that's why I want to change my material a little bit um, as far as, like, the fat shit. Because even if, like, to me, it's like I, I want to do, I do want to lose weight. But it's like, am I still going to be funny? You know, am I still going to be? So, like, right now, I've, I, there's a few jokes that I got that don't involve my weight at all, and they fucking murder. So now I know I can do it. It's just a matter of building more of it, you know? And that way, you know, I don't even have to ever even talk about being fat if I do lose the weight. I, honestly, I wouldn't even want to be, like, super skinny. I, I would Like, if I, if I got to a level where, like, Doodles is at right now, I feel like that would be my, I feel like that would be a great weight for me. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be a skinny motherfucker or a motherfucker with six pack. I would just want to have like a dad bod, you know. And I feel like that's gonna be my goal. Hopefully by the end of this year we can come back to this and be like, well, did you lose any weight? You know, hopefully at least, at least 40, 50 pounds. You know, I think I could put it down, especially since my lifestyle has been pretty fucking crazy for the past six years. When I, when I do make those changes, which will be pretty soon, um, the the weight will drop drastically. Will will it be? hard to do after you know i get that because you know usually when you lose weight there's an initial drop but then you get stuck for a little while and you know what i'm saying as long as there's a big drop at the beginning i'm good you feel me i could be stuck at like 280 forever i'll be cool with that you feel me but yeah definitely not at a healthy weight at all and uh again the way i like the party man it's not healthy at all so i want to make sure that i'm here to enjoy you know every i mean we're, we're doing all this shit we're announcing tour dates and all that shit i would hate to fucking you know, have to cancel shows because I'm not feeling well because of my weight or whatever the fuck, you know. So, yeah, it, it does it does go in my head every single day, especially now. It's like, you know, at first, it's, it, I'm not going to lie, bro. This is real personal for me, but I guess, like, at first it was, it, was a, it was a race to, like, well, fuck it. Either this shit, like, blows up and we make it or I fucking die of, of, of the way I've been living, whether it's food, fat, or just drugs. And now that this shit is starting to work out and we're starting to be able to book shit out of the out of the state, out of the city, I'm like, damn, this shit is possible. We could do this shit. Now let's make sure we're healthy to do this shit, you know? So, yeah, man, it, it, I definitely do want to do it. And if you're trying to do the same, bro, maybe maybe DM me personally, bro. Maybe we could fucking have some type of have some type of uh, something, you know? We could we could we could work on this shit together, bro. Uh, so shout out to you once again, Fern underscore fifteen. Um, I don't Jackie, what up? Uh, she said, what is your favorite memory of 2022? Wow. <laughs> There's a lot, bro. Favorite memory of 2022. It's been a crazy year. I mean, uh, I, I, uh, I've had a lot of fucking fun. I've had some crazy shit. I mean, I'd probably say my favorite memory of 2022 was, um, there's a few, I'll name my top. I'll name my, my top three, my top three favorite memories of 2022. The first one, um, the first one would have to be, I mean, just uh, being able, doing the roast battle and then Jeff Ross walks in and he judges my roast battle. Not only 
judges my roast battle. He fucking gives me a standing ovation. The whole room gives us a standing ovation. On top of that, we get voted number one roast battle in Chicago for 2022. We just got that award, which I haven't even fucking shared or anything. But, like, that was fucking dope as fuck because I've been a fan of Jeff Ross forever. Even before I was a fan of stand-up, you know, you would watch those Comedy Central Presents roast, you know, and Jeff Ross was always the one with the heavy hitting jokes. So, Jeff Ross, that was a crazy moment for me. I mean, opening up for Chingo Bleem was also fucking dope as fuck for me because I fucking murdered that night. And then, of course, uh, I mean, um, me and Renee Vaca, I mean, just collabing with Renee Vaca, you know, that guy is uh, somebody who I can call a friend now, and uh, he's given me crazy opportunities, and I'll never forget that. And, I mean, shit, I'll always have his back, and I'll always, uh, you know what I'm saying? I'll always ride for that motherfucker no matter what he wants to do in his life. And, you know what I'm saying? I'll be right there for him, and I feel like he'll be there for me as well. So just, I mean, being able to to, to tour with him and do shows with him have been absolutely amazing. So, I mean, that's like, so anyway, that's two right there. And then the third one would have to be, um, I mean, my favorite moment, I guess. I don't know there's a favorite moment, but just like this whole 2022 has been so good, you know, to the team and myself. It's just like. I think uh, just everything, you know, the whole second half of 22, being being able to see the growth and and, 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 and be able to see clips that are jokes that murdered in rooms, you know, for months. Now they're fucking murdering all over the world because they're, you know, all, you know, because the Internet has shot them into algorithm that basically shoots them into, you know, the, 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 the I guess the results are endless and, and the opportunities are endless once you're putting that content out. So I guess the whole second half of 22 has been, my favorite, you know, so 2023 going only going harder. You feel me? So let's get it. Um, Guzman, Guzman 630, my homie local. He said, uh, what happened to the movie you were working on? <laughs> it's a good question, man, because I hadn't talked about this. And they just asked me this. I did a podcast last week, which is called the Pat Gang Podcast. Great podcast, by the way. Uh, it should be out soon. I'll be uh, I'll be letting you guys know as soon as it drops. But. This movie I was supposed to be on. I, so what happened was, if you guys are new to this podcast, I got this contract um, perform after performing at the Comedy Bar in Chicago. This was probably over a year ago. This director comes up to me and he's like, hey, man, I really enjoyed your comedy. I feel like you'd be great for a, a movie that I'm working on. Um, you know, let, let me get you on this movie. You know, at that time, I thought he was blowing smoke up my ass. I'm like, yeah, yeah, here's my contact info, whatever. A few months after that, he hits me up. He's like, hey, man. I'm going to send you the script. Here goes the script, man. You know, look over your lines. I'm looking at, at you playing this part right here, which is uh, some 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 motherfucker on the movie, right? And there's not even, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, bro, I'll read the lines. I'll, I'll go over everything. This is like this is like sometime in May of this year, I believe. He sends me all that shit. Then, like, in August, oh, no, this is probably like in April he sends me all this shit. Then, like, in July, um... I get a, I get an email from him again, and he's like, "Hey man, I just want you to know that the auditions are coming up next week, and I want you to sign this contract so you can get on this movie." So I signed the contract, and uh, it said that you were required a payment up front, basically. So I'm like, "Hey, I'm gonna sign this contract, but I I need that money because because I didn't need it at the time, you know." So he's like, "All right, yeah, fuck it, you know we shit got fucked up a little bit with the movie, got pushed back, but since the dates are on the contract, I'm gonna send you the money." So he sends the money, right? He sends the money. I go to the audition after I had already collected the money. I don't even take a script. I just walk into the fucking audition, and they're like, "Do you have your script?" And I was like, "No, nah, I don't have one. Uh, can I get one?" So they give me a script. 
They give me a fucking script. I should mention, I never, not one time in between April to July, even opened a PDF file in the email to look at that motherfucker. Never once read any single line off it. So now I'm, now they got me in the fucking casting couch and everybody's doing their part. We got a table full of people that flew in from Hollywood. Motherfucker, you know, the, you know, it was important motherfuckers in there that was putting money into that fucking movie. And I'm, I'm just like trying to memorize these lines that I couldn't memorize for months. And, and I'm, and, and finally they, they're like, all right, it's your turn. So I go and they're like, all right, act out that scene. And they got somebody reading the other person's lines from that scene and then me. So I'm reading them off the paper. You feel me? I'm like, and you guys know I'm blind as hell. So I'm looking at the fucking little letters. Like I'm squinting my eyes even more than they're already little, you know? And, I, you know, it's just a shitty look on top of that. Since I didn't memorize anything, I'm fucking butchering words and shit. So they're like, we want to see you act. You know, we want to see you act and play the role, man. Get into the fucking role. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. But I couldn't get into the fucking role because I didn't memorize the lines. So now everybody at the fucking audition is frustrated with me. They're like, yo. And then finally, so, and I keep, I did it like three times. Finally, like the director's like, all right, man. They're like, how many times did you read that script? Uh, the first thing they were like, when did you get the script? I was like, in April. They're like, it's July. How many times did you look at the script from then till now? I was like, I'm going to be real honest. And I, I thought that, you know, sometimes you, you get into those situations where you're extremely honest. And, you, you know, you could probably lie a little bit, but you're extremely honest. And I'm not saying I'm the most honest person ever. I'm just saying in this situation, I thought that being extremely honest would probably keep me in the movie. So I was like, I'm going to be real honest with you. I've had a lot of shows, which at that time I wasn't like, I was getting shows, but compared to what I'm doing now, back then I wasn't doing shit. So, I look, I'm like, bro, I have never even looked at this shit, bro. At this point, everybody just like, basically like, get this fool out of here. But I'm still thinking I'm good because I'm like, bro, they already sent me half the money. Like, I signed the contract, you feel me? Like, I'm fucking straight. I, they sent me, they let me leave the room, right? I step out of the room. Then the, the, direct, the guy that actually the scouted me, you know, the guy that, that picked me for this movie, he's not the director. He's just like a fucking sidekick at this point. He comes back out. And he's like, hey, man, appreciate you coming by. We're going to have to holler at you about this role. And I was like, all right, man. You know, I walk out. He didn't say anything about the money, whatever. I get a text message like three or four days later. He's like, hey, man, I apologize. But, uh, you know, me and the, direct the director chose to go a different route, you know, so we just can't. Uh, we're not going to do the movie, right? At that point, I'm kind of like, fuck. Like, I fucked up. But point is that. I still got 500 for that shit, so I'm like, I'm good. I hit a lick, whatever. Ooh. Like a day after that, I, I didn't even have PayPal at the time. So JB did me the favor of accepting the money for me, right? Well, the guy asked for a fucking refund, but JB had already sent me them. I had already blew the money. You know what I bought with this fucking money? I bought like four pairs of fake Jordans. Didn't even buy anything that was, you know, like fucking useful, that was going to help me through it. Like, nothing, nothing, nothing. That's why I don't give a shit about material things, bro. But at that time, you know, I wanted some shoes. I couldn't afford the real ones. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to get the fakes. We're adults now. Nobody's going to be fucking legit checking my shoes. You know, it's not like high school anymore. But like four pairs of Jordans. They were already on the way. So I didn't have the money no more. But JV got the money taken out of his account. So now I'm like, bro, well, obviously it's my, my, I have to pay JV back. 
Because obviously you feel me like we're not going to eat the, the fuck. So now I'm fucking skip and pay rent basically to recover that money for him. And bro, it was just like that little fucking, that little goofy movie and my irresponsible ass not being professional set me back like a month and a half, bro. Just because of that, you feel me? And anyway, that, that's just me being bl- extremely honest to you guys, bro. They end up firing me, and that was that. They took the money back, and fuck that movie because it looked weak as fuck anyway. But obviously, you feel me? It would have been a gr- it would have been great for the credits. It would have been great because you don't know the connections you make. But whatever, man. At that time, I was living. I was still living a little bit reckless, like. At that time, my Instagram wasn't shit yet. TikTok wasn't shit. Like, at that time, I was nobody. And I'm, and I'm still nobody. But I'm just saying, like, at that time, I wasn't getting the... Op- now, I'm getting opportunities that are fucking insane. Doing a Hollywood comedy store two fucking times. Like, like, bro, I wanted to do that movie to get to what I'm doing now. But luckily, you know, when God got a plan for you, you're going to get to where you need to get to regardless of whatever happens in between. But you can also slow down and block your own blessings being a fucking idiot. So... Anyway, I understand both sides of that. Um, <clears throat> the biggest blessing of, and that was by Guzman 63. Okay. Uh, Orduno dot Orlando. The biggest blessing of this year and your biggest regret. The biggest blessing of this year. I know you're talking about 2022. Um, man, I just think that uh, the biggest blessing was just the intuition to, for me and, and for JV to lock in and to just, you know, start. Putting out content, bro. Like, just start, just, just kind of like, um, you know, there, I, I still am lazy in certain aspects. You know, again with the podcast, sometimes I feel like I could record, but I don't, and sometimes I choose to be a fucking piece of shit and lay down instead, or, or go out or drink or whatever the fuck. But one of the best things, like the biggest blessings, was like that we went all wheel drive, like both of us, me with the shows, him with the clips, and we just been fucking putting out content every single fucking week. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we got that drive. You know, I recently got into an argument with somebody about what the fuck the word drive means. But that drives us. You feel me? Like the, be, the ability to be able to stay on the algorithm, stay putting out content and and just be on the same page. So I, I, I want to say one of the biggest blessings is teaming up with JV. And uh, you guys follow him on Instagram, El Compa JV, or his company page at Refs Productions. If you guys need any video work or photo work. But that's he's one of the biggest blessings I've had this year. And one of my biggest regrets, um, I mean, honestly, I'd probably, we just talked about it, I think, you know, like, probably locking into that fucking movie bullshit would have been, you know, I don't know where I would be at. I mean, I'm not going to say it was going to, I don't even think the fucking movies came out yet, but, but you know what I'm saying? It's always, it never hurts to know somebody in Hollywood, you know, it never hurts to know a director's name or whatever the fuck, you know, so that's a, that's a good regret of mine, but. I guess, but to be realistic with you, fuck that movie. I could care. Like, I care, but this is not something I fucking lose sleep overnight. You feel me? Like, right now, I got passionate about it because you asked me, and I'm being honest with you. But one of my biggest regrets was also just, and I feel like this is my regret every single fucking year, but just mismanaging money and spending it on shit like drugs where I shouldn't be spending it. And, you know, and I mean, that, 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 I mean, that could be rooted down to bigger problems. But obviously, you know, just, Blowing money and shit, so I gotta get my shit together. Um, so shout out to you, or or Orlando. Um, do you have any regrets this year? Damn, that's another regrets question. I feel like you guys feel like I have a lot of regrets. I you know, I do have regrets, but I also live my life as like 
again, I was on a race to die or to make it. You feel me? Like this, and I still am. I because I haven't made it, and I'm not nowhere near safe from dying, bitch. Because I do stupid shit all the time. But um, yeah, I don't. I, I I do live my life a way where it's like you know what? Fuck it. If that happened, that happened. Let's fucking keep it pushing. That's always been my energy a lot for most part of my life. I feel like I spent too much time in the past dwelling on shit I could have done or would have did or should have did. This 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 time around, like this, the the last few years, it's been a lot of fucking. And I mean, I feel like that's also helped me be where I'm at right now. Just not giving a shit about, oh, I should have done that. I should Fuck it. We didn't get it on video. Fuck it. We couldn't do that. Fuck it. Fuck it. Next shit, next shit. And I mean, everything I ever wanted, you know, everything I fucked up before, like, everything has came back around. You feel me? Again, what's meant for you is not going to get taken from you. You might fuck it up, slow it up, but you'll still always get it in the end. Um, but also, I guess a regret I would have, I'd say, would be um, to not fully prepare for shows, you know? Like, like sometimes I think that I got it in the bag and then I show up and it's like, fuck... I get fucked one way or another, but I mean, I don't know, man. I, I everything there's a, there's a reason for everything. You feel me? But that's the answer to that one again. Next one is dream venue. Shout out to Luis Versetti, my homie. Uh, dream venue to perform at or theaters. So by the way, a dream venue for me as a comedian, as a comedian, a, a venue I've always wanted to perform in was the Comedy Store, which is. In Hollywood, on Sunset Boulevard, it overlooks the whole fucking city, uh, right across the street from the nice hotel. And uh, I mean, this is a, this is a comedy club that I, I've learned so much about. You know, that's where all the greats, everybody in LA, who's anybody who's a comic, performs there. That's basically where all the famous comedians practice. You know, and it's always sold out because you never know who's gonna be there. So all kinds of tourists come from not only the country, all over the world to hang out at the comedy store. They buy tickets, and then you might get lucky and see Bill Burr, Joe Rogan, Tom Segura, Sebastian Maniscalco. I mean, some of the best in the business, best of all time. Sometimes Chris Rock pops in there. I mean, you never know who's going to be there, you know? And one of my biggest dreams was to perform at that place. I used to go, not only once, I've go, every time I've been, every single time I've gone to LA, I've either drove past it, or got it off and took in pictures in front of it. I was never able to go inside because before COVID, I just didn't have, I would go for a weekend and like the, the shows would all be sold out when I already got to LA and I never thought about buying tickets ahead of time. And then with the recent times, the, the last few times that I went, it was because of COVID, they were shut down. So there was no, like I never got the chance to go inside and I've never been inside the comedy store. Now I get to go back this month January 24th, and after doing four shows that are going to be sold out at the Ha Ha Comedy Club, which is another legendary club in Hollywood, I'll be performing at the Comedy Store myself in the Belly Room, which is the smallest room in the Comedy Store, but it's still the Comedy Store. You still get to hang out at the Comedian's Bar where only the comedians get to go, and you might see somebody famous. Like I still get to be on a lineup there, and I still get to perform there January 24th, and it's already sold out. And just to fucking add the cherry on top, I got the news about two weeks ago or about a week and a half ago that I will be performing in the main room, which is the biggest room in the comedy store. This is the room you want to be at because this is the one where anybody could be on the lineup. And it's the 300-seater, and I mean, this is, this is what dreams are made of. And I will be there February 21st 
So next month, I'll get to perform there. I haven't actually announced that anywhere yet. So you guys are getting the scoop first. I'll be there. And I mean, honestly, that's my dream venue. That's that. And it's already in the calendar. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I got goosebumps talking about it right now, bro. But as far as like a theater or anything like that, I've always imagined my name on the Chicago theater header, you know, you guys got Chicago across the fucking whole fucking building. And then it says Chicago in red, uh, you know, on the, on the, on the banner or whatever, the fucking, whatever, the marquee. And I would always, I always picture, I, I daydream about it. Every time I, I'm, I'm, I'm around the area or drive by the theater, or whatever the fuck. And I look at it, like, I don't even read what name it says. I always see my name. You feel me? I always see my name and I would love to do that. But even more than that, even more than the Chicago theater, even more than that, I'm, I'm, I know it's gonna happen. Like I said, I, I told you guys when I first started this podcast, or even last year, two years ago, where I was like, I know this shit's gonna work out. I know this shit's gonna work out. And now I'm talking about the shit I used to dream about. I know that one day I'll be able to drive down, fuck, or maybe not drive because I don't know about it. this shit that I'm about to say seems more realistic than me driving down. Might be JV driving and me and the passenger, but regardless. We'll be coming down Galena, and it'll say my fucking name on the Paramount marquee. Not too skinny. Ken Flores sold out in Aurora at the Paramount. That's that's even bigger than Chicago. That's my dream. You feel me? Because I feel like you know this city made me who I am, and um, and I feel like it's more obtainable now than ever. And I feel like we're only gonna get better. So. I could just, I, I picture every, I, don't, I don't think there's a fucking time. I don't listen to music too much anymore because I'm always listening to podcasts. And I feel like when I listen to music, I like I listen to music when I'm drinking. That's when I fuck with music. But just to listen to music, I don't, especially because I'm not working out every day or we're not working out at all. Like I feel like when I when I do go for walks or jogs or whatever, that's when I do put headphones on. But I'm I'm not listening to music at work. I'm, I'll usually put on a podcast or a YouTube video, but not music. So. When I do listen to music, if I'm putting on a fucking banger like Freestyle by Lil Baby or Sold Out Dates, you feel me? Some, some crazy shit, I always just picture myself walking on the stage at the Paramount Theater. And I've never even been inside that motherfucker. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. But I always picture myself like walking on stage and just like in my motherfucking city, the whole crowd going stupid, crazy, sold out, you feel me? And and I feel like, you know what I'm saying? Maybe maybe in the next four or five years, I feel like that could be obtainable. Not ever, at this point, shit, at this point, nothing seems unobtainable, to be honest with you, except my ex, but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, that, that's, that's dream venues right there. Uh, Tony1019, Gervonta Davis versus Ryan Garcia, your opinion, taping a murder Ryan Garcia. I don't really like Ryan Garcia, bro. I know we're supposed to stick with our people and like all that shit, but I'm a fan of Tank. Because Tank don't even do too much talking. He kind of keep his composure. He's not as flamboyant as Floyd Mayweather. He's not a big shit talker like Adrian Broner. He just let the work do the talking. You feel me? And he hasn't disappointed yet. Ryan, I mean, you start calling yourself king. You start, you know, you got domestic violence charges. I, I get a different type of vibe. I know a few niggas like that, matter of fact. But I don't know. I really, I think... Uh, I got tanked, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. That's that's it, you know? And again, I know it's a Mexican thing in us. We were big fans of Julio Cesar Chavez, you know? Fucking Oscar De La Hoya, obviously, you feel me? Obviously now Canelo, you know? We want to have the Mexican boxer be the top boxer, obviously, all the time, you feel me? But I fuck with Tank, bro. I fuck with Tank, and 
Yeah, that, I, I would. I would say I would put. If I had to put money, I would put money on Tank, bro. But if I if it was like a pride thing of a country, like I would put money on Tank. But if Ryan won, I wouldn't be mad. If that makes any sense at all. Which all right, and then this is uh, Chicken underscore five. I'm putting your whole fucking ad on there because you asked this stupid ass question. I'm gonna fucking put that in Chicken underscore five again. Would you rather eat a dick sitting on a cake or eat a cake sitting on a dick? I feel like I've sat in some uncomfortable chairs before, but I've never had a dick in my mouth, so I'd probably say, I'd probably say, I'd, I'd just, oh my God, I can't, I could have skipped this question, but I'm a real motherfucker, I'm going to read it. I would rather sit on the dick and eat cake, God damn it. <laughs> Fat motherfucker. I'm going to still fat motherfucker forever. Chicklean underscore five. Another question. Andrew Tate arrested for human trafficking. <laughs> I just saw a stand-up bit literally today about this comedian. I don't even know his name. It was a, it was a comedian that they put his fucking... Uh, and his bit goes like, one thing I hate about today's America is how guys have to pretend that Andrew Tate sucks. He's like, Andrew Tate's like, Men deserve someone to make their food and get as much pussy as they want. And we have to sit there and be like, this fucking guy, right? Is it crazy? <laughs> because that's, we all want that. You feel me? We all want that. But one thing I'll say, and if you fucking like him, cool, man. That's good for you. And the sex trafficking thing, I'm not big on conspiracies, bro. I'm not big on conspiracies. I'm big on truth and facts. And I feel like he got let out because, you know, there's probably nothing concrete there. You feel me? Like, if there was something concrete with human trafficking, you think these motherfuckers would let him out? No. So there's probably nothing really there. And on the top of that, the Romanian official said that he got arrested for laundering money. That I can see. Because I can, I bet you if you look hard enough at any rich person's bookkeeping, they're funneling money to some charity that they probably own, and then they're taking withdrawals from that charity. Like, there's... Every rich motherfucker has loopholes. You feel me? The problem is when you're a motherfucker that people hate... Agencies will start looking into it just just to fuck with you. You see it with Trump. I don't like Trump, but that motherfucker started talking this shit. The whole country hated him. Now he's got fucking detectives up his ass for the rest of his life trying to catch that motherfucker slipping, bro. But I will say this. I've never been, besides the few years that I was fucking dick-eating the weekend for some time, I've never really been a stan of anybody or a fanboy of anybody. So when people like put Andrew Tate on a pedestal, to me, it's fucking corny. But that's to, with anybody. With anybody you put on a pedestal. Bitches that fucking fantasize over Taylor Swift. The bitches that go stupid over Bad Bunny. The guys that go crazy over Andrew Tate. Like, I, that's just like, whatever, brother. Like, if you put that much time into supporting somebody, into putting it into your own dreams, into your own shit you got going on, you probably, you know what I'm saying, get the shit up and going, you feel me? And uh, there's no... There's nothing wrong in taking inspiration from somebody. There's nothing wrong with being a fan and liking somebody. But if you're just dick-eating all day long defending Andrew Tate on the internet, bro, just fucking stop, bro. Do other shit, bro. Um, proud of you, bro. Shout out to you, Rey La Madrid. Um, talk about when that prostitute ate your ass. No. When you gonna get some bitches? <laughs> this is all the same person, by the way. Shout out the homie. When you gonna box it out with Jody? <laughs> the same person, by the way. When you gonna have rope? 
Wait, you gonna have Roro on the podcast? Chill, bro. They gonna kill me? Are you gay? I'm not gay. Oh my god. <laughs> it's funny because I'm going backwards on these questions. That's the first question you ask. Why you? Oh my god. This dude's asking motherfucking personal. I'm on your fat, no sweaty back, no eyelid, having ass. All right, that's the last one from him. You ever had your heart broken? <laughs> Damn, motherfucker, you ask, this is what you ask, bro? You be in my DMs talking about cocaine and you ask me this gay shit? <laughs> shout out my homie. I'm not going to say his name because I, I just said all that extra shit, but shout out the homie. Um, I haven't even met this fool. He says he's from Bolingbrook. Um, yeah, I have. I had my heart broken before, bro. It fucking sucks, but I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> Do the wedding speech. <laughs> <laughs> Karina's brother Abner what's up fool I know right I'm still I'm long overdue for the wedding speech talk about the time you took a dab in my backyard oh dude that was wild the first time I, I don't yeah yeah. the first time I hit a real dab I would say I was in California about five years ago and I was at one of my cousin's house in his backyard in Napacoima uh, not Pomona not Pasadena the one right next to San Fernando Valley. I don't know what the fuck it's called, um, but anyway, that I was, I was in, I was pe- yeah, maybe peasant. No, it wasn't. Anyway, I was shout out my homie Diego. Shout out my cousin Diego. We were in his backyard, right? And you know, in California, a lot of people turn their garages into like extra living spaces, and then they rent them out, or even not even a garage. It could be a shed, whatever the fuck. If you fit a bed in there, get you get it nice. You feel me, motherfuckers are rent it out. And my homie didn't rent the space out, but. He did live in the back of his parents' house or his mom's house. And um, we were just back there smoking weed. This is like, I think this is one of the first times I went to L.A. So I went to the dispensary, dropped like 250 on weed. I don't even think I was doing any powders at this time. Just all weed, bro. So we spent stupid money on weed. And I'm just smoking all fucking day, bro. And then we go to your house, Diego. And this dude pulls out a big-ass oil rig. And he pulls out hella dabs, you know, like hella, you know, they put them in those baking sheets and shit. And he's like, bro, you got to do this fat booger. And I'm like, all right, bet, yeah. And at that time before, I had only done like a dab like once. And it was like a dot, you feel me? Like motherfuckers wasn't even really smoking dabs like that out here. So I was like, yeah, bro, bet, I got you. So he starts putting this fat ass slab, bro, down this rig. And I'm just watching it like boil up and burn as he's covering up, and I'm taking in the smoke. But if you've ever hit a dab, you know that. You know that you can smoke a fat-ass thing, and it's not going to fuck you up right then and there. It's when you start getting to that end of the end, the last little bit, or even after you kill it all, is when if you get the pinch, man, you're about to start dying, bro. And at that point, bro, I hit the fattest booger of my life. I started coughing, coughing so much, like I coughed, I farted. I fucking turned red. I turned purple. Like, I couldn't fucking breathe just because I had to cough so fucking much. It got to a point where I was sitting on the chair, slumped over, where my other cousin got worried. He's like, yo, I'm going to take him back to the crib because this motherfucker's tweaking out. So they literally, like, walked me all the way to my cousin's car. And my cousin's car, I knocked the fuck out. He, we drove all the way back to the valley, which, I mean, it was only, like, a 20-minute, maybe less. And then we get to the fucking valley. I get out of my cousin's car. 
they put me, you know, and we're in, the, in his front porch in the valley. He had like a fucking, like, a, you know, you know how some people take the, the back row of a minivan, you know, seats. And they had like a whole row of seats in the back. I swear to God, they put me in the fucking, in the car seats in the porch that were right there outside. I fucking knocked out. I woke up like at midnight, bro, at night, bro. Outside, I'm like, what the fuck happened, bro? And the worst part is, Chins was with me when this all happened. And um, they they offered him to hit one. And he's like, no, nah, I'm going to chill right now. And then they asked me to hit one. They asked him first. And then they asked me. And then I, I told Chins, I was like, come on, bro. I was like, there's this famous saying I said when we were there. I was like, it's Cali, bro. I was like, it's Cali. Like, as in, like we got to smoke. We in Cali. And now every time that we smoke and I'm, I start choking up and somebody starts choking up, we're always like, it's Cali, bro. We, we always say that. And it's fucking, it's just a good ass memory, brother. I, I'm happy you remember that shit because that shit put me to sleep forever, bro. Excited as fuck for it. I appreciate you, dog. How many tacos can you eat in one sitting, fool? Ooh, um, shout out Ivana for asking that question. That's the last one. Also, I know that if you guys have been listening to this in one sitting, we're about to oh shit, we're about to hit two hours. Um, so yeah, this is this is last week's episode and this week's episode. But um, I think I think I, I actually I, I, there's it's no longer on YouTube. I took it down, but on YouTube there's a video of me doing the taco challenge here at Primo's Tacos when they were doing a challenge, and I think within like eight minutes or like twelve minutes, I downed like. I think the goal was like 20, and I think I downed like 12. And only reason I stopped was because they were hot. They were hella hot. Not hot, spicy, just fucking hot, like temperature-wise. So I kept telling them, I was like, bro, make them and leave them because if you don't leave them, cool down. I have to wait for them to cool down, and I'm fucking eating them fast. So anyway, we had a whole dispute. But anyway, the guy starts making them and starts leaving them for me, right? So now I'm slamming these bitches. But I, I, I think that was 12 in one sitting, but I was speed eating. And I feel like when you speed eat, you eat less compared to if I would have sat down and just started doming tacos. Like if I really wanted to, if I really wanted to, I think I could put down 20 easy, easy money right there. Give me like an hour, a Coke and like not even Coke, maybe like a una manzanita and give me like fucking asada, asada tacos, bro. But in the mixed tacos, I probably down like 20 of them bitches. Now, if you're talking about local shit, like fat tacos, like if I go to Taqueria, I don't know if you're local or not, bro, but there's a Taqueria here in Aurora called Taqueria Durango, and they serve huge tacos. Like, people don't go there for the flavor, but for the quantity. And I mean, you, I mean, the, the, yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of motherfucking food, bro. You can eat two tacos and you be straight. So that's how you know them bitches are massive. Um, but yeah, if you're talking about Taqueria Durango tacos, I've put it down like six and some motherfucking either split some cheese meat fries with somebody or like a quesadilla on the side. But I think if we're talking about taqueria tacos from a taco stand, bro, I think I could put down for sure. I think I could put down 20, bro. I ain't gonna lie to you. I think I could put down 20. And if you give me time or depending on how small they are, I could probably, you know, I had to double it. But I don't know. Maybe maybe I could do more. But, but yeah, I don't want to do those type of t- challenges no more. That's how, that's how motherfuckers die, bro. I'm trying to chill on that. We just talked about that. But yeah, so um, anyway, um, that's been the episode, guys. Appreciate you listening. I know you guys are probably gonna have to take breaks because I mean the first half was all about you know fucking football. I mean the accident and then Idaho. But if you stayed through the whole fucking thing or you know you took breaks throughout the week to listen to this shit, appreciate you getting to the end, bro. I appreciate you. Um, 
February 10th, again, if you're listening from Houston, if you got any family in Houston, fucking tell them to come see me at the Riot Comedy Club. This is going to be my first official, I mean, not my first, because I headlined in um, in D.C., but this is an actual, like, comedy club that, you know, is taking a risk with me, putting me on their, you know what I'm saying, on their website and giving me two shows on a Friday night at that. I'm very fucking excited for that shit, so... Make sure to fucking tell your people about that shit. If you're listening from Houston, make sure to get tickets February 10th, man. It's going to be fucking popping. And then, of course, every other city, L.A., Boston, New York, D.C., um, San Francisco. I mean, we're coming everywhere, fool. So, motherfucking be on the lookout. Best way to find tickets is uh, on my Instagram, KenFlores300. That link tree right there. Um, get all your tickets. Also, if you're in Chicago and you want to come to a show, this week, Friday, January 6th, I will be at Output in Wrigleyville. It's going to be uh, Four Play Fridays, my homie Jamal's show. It's always a fun fucking show, so come through. It's going to be lit. There's going to be a 9 p.m. show at Output in Wrigleyville. They got great wings right there. It's always a fucking vibe. Crazy lineup. First show of the year. It's going to be popping. Then if you can't make it on Friday, uh, on Saturday, January 7th, we run Laugh Now, Cry Later at the Lincoln Lodge. I co-produced that show with my homie Gabriel Alviso. He makes sure to book the hottest lineups. It's always a fucking banging, banging motherfucking show. We've sold out every single one of them. This week will be no different. Make sure to get that. And if you can't make it to any of these and you want to come check out the show, just keep up on my Instagram. LatinXL is also back this month. Unfortunately, I'll be in L.A. when the show is, is, is going to be, uh, you know, uh, done in January 20th at 1130 p.m. at the Laugh Factory. But if you want to come, more than welcome. But if you want to see me do a long set at the Laugh Factory, January 9th, next Monday, I'll be doing the headliner show. So it's like it's like four comics and they give all of us 15 minutes, which is the long, you know, it's, it's, it's all headlining sets. So I'm happy to be even considered for this show and it's gonna be fucking lit but anyway y'all have a good one have a good week man have a fucking blessed 2023 i'll be back next week on fucking time and be on the lookout for the patreon it's coming bro it's, it's gonna be busting bro so holla at you guys have a good one bye bye video too video on patreon too maybe on the regular too we'll see but for sure on patreon so be on the lookout